Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. Happy Friday, everyone. What's up? Welcome to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Huge weekend for the Winnipeg Jets coming up tonight. Ice playoffs get going. We're going to be all over it for the next couple hours here on WST. Um, Obviously, the Wings are the opponents for the Winnipeg Jets tonight. Uh, We've spent quite a bit of time talking about uh, the uh, situation this team is in right now. But I will tell you, after a little venting on Wednesday, feeling a bit better on Thursday, I'm ready to get out to the rink tonight and see what this team can do. A little bit of a different look. We're going to talk about Mark Scheifele moving to the wing. Um, A minor change on the fourth line tonight. And we are going to hear from Rick Bonus coming up in a few minutes with Bones' pregame comments and um, some latest on the Winnipeg Jets lineup. We will also welcome in Ken Weeb. And I'm really looking forward to having Weaver on today. Not that I don't always, but um, Ken, of course, was on that road trip, was in San Jose, was in the room afterwards talking to both to Mark Shifley and Rick Bonus. And if anyone caught Kenny and Rennie, with their late night after dark edition, hell, after midnight edition on Tuesday. Ken had some really interesting comments about what he had seen about this jet situation and be a great day to get Ken's thoughts on uh, what we have coming up on a huge weekend with the Red Red Wings, the visitors tonight. After playing last night in Detroit, getting a big last second win against the Carolina Hurricanes and the upstart New Jersey Devils, who I think have been one of the most pleasant surprises this year in the National Hockey League. So uh, four massive points on the table for the Winnipeg Jets as they cling to a two-point lead over the Calgary Flames. And the Calgary Flames, of course, will be the next visitors to Winnipeg and Canada Life Centre on Wednesday after these games on Friday and Sunday. So we've got lots to get to when it comes to the Winnipeg Jets. And uh, we've also got playoff hockey beginning tonight out at the Ice Cave the Winnipeg Ice and the Medicine Hat Tigers going at it in game one of their best of seven first round series. And our pal Brian Munns is going to join us coming up in a few minutes as well um, to set up this series, give us his thoughts on the ice season past and uh, prepare us for uh, what we all hope will be a nice long run for the ice. I mean, they made it to the conference final last year, losing to the Edmonton Oil Kings. They've gone back-to-back as the number one team in the regular season. And really, everything the Ice have done over the past few seasons has been leading up to this year to give them the best chance to win a Western Hockey League championship and challenge for a Memorial Cup. Of course, we saw the massive trade to get Zach Stapchuk at the trade deadline. Uh, It is all about 16 wins starting tonight for the Winnipeg Ice. We'll get to that as well. Listen, just before I bring in my pal Michael Remus. I got to give a big shout out to the sponsors that make this show happen each and every day. Princess Auto, Cool Bet Canada, Culligan Water, Canadian Club Whiskey, Little Brown Jug, Vita Health Fresh Market, Wallace & Wallace, Consolidated Supply, F Apparel, Manitoba Battery, the Nick & Nicky DQ Group, Boston Pizza, Royal Sports, and we will get to a why not question of the day for our friends over at what, uh, Not Autocorp at Waverly and McGilvery. Uh, just before I bring in Remo in, I do want to thank everyone. Um, obviously, these last two shows with everything happening around the Winnipeg Jets have been massive for us. Huge downloads and big, big numbers on YouTube as well. But what's really stood out, um, and I think this has been the case while we've been live on the air in the chat, has been 
the passion of Winnipeg Jet fans, uh, how many people have um, thoughts on what's happening, and the amount of comments that we have received on the YouTube shows has blown away almost any other shows that we've been so uh, we've had in the past. So thanks again for everyone's contributions and thanks for being with us. If you are new, make sure you've hit that red subscribe button. We're here Monday to Friday, one o'clock central live for a couple hours each day. And you could always get the audio podcast wherever you get your favorite pods by searching Winnipeg Sports Talk, subscribing there. And usually Remus will have that sucker up ready for you just in time for your ride home from work if you're a 9 to 5 or 9 to 4 in and around 3.30 p.m. All right, let's get to it and welcome Remo in here. What's going on? Hey, what's going on? I'm just uh, chatting with everyone here in the chat right now. Um, you know, big game tonight. We're decide- discussing is this a must win or is it a can't lose? And where does it rank on the scale of, uh, you know, preseason game to biggest game of the year? 11 um, out of 10. Personally, I'm on, I think this is more a can't lose than a must win. That's my <laughs> my opinion. Have we um, determined the difference right yet between a must win and a can't lose? Yeah, one, you must win. Like, it's really important. And one, it's like you can't can't lose it. And that's the difference <laughs> right there. Um the other comment, you know, we haven't touched on it, is Andrew Kopp's return to Winnipeg. And everyone in chat is like, didn't Andrew Kopp, you know, come back last year with the Rangers? No, that game was in New York, and Kopp did have two assists after being traded against the Jets. Uh, he played with the Jets against the Rangers at home, so, but with the game when he was with the Rangers against the Jets was in New York. So this is his return. I'm expecting a big tribute video, big return. And I see some people said, well, he's a traitor. He's a, signed there as a UFA. I'm like, I don't know. The Jets, like, they fought with him in arbitration. You know, they didn't have room for him after signing Pionk to an extension. He kind of, they kind of didn't really make him a priority to sign. And he went and took a big contract with Detroit. He's having, I mean, not as great of a season he had before, but he's playing a good role, playing second line. At times, he's got 41 points in 74 games here with Detroit. So, actually going going all right for him. Um, and I'm expecting a, a nice tribute as well. And I'm, I was trying to remember Cop's best moment as a Jet. And the one that I um, that I came up with was his four-goal game. I don't know if you had any other you know, Pretty Kopp tough to memories. top that. Pretty tough to top that's, that one. Yeah, I think that's pretty tough to top that one. I know what it wasn't. Game five of the Western Conference Final in 2018. When he was benched along with Toby Enstrom and a few other places, I think that sort of, you know, in, in some ways may have been the beginning of the end of Andrew Kopp with the uh, with the Winnipeg Jets. Um, although it really does go back to the summer before he left when, um, you know, they made a bunch of moves, uh, acquired Brendan Dillon, acquired um, Nate Schmidt. And all of a sudden that money that um, was going, was many people thought would be there for an Andrew Kopp extension, wasn't there, bet on himself with a one-year, and obviously uh, the rest is history, signing that big free agent deal uh, with the Detroit Red Wings in his home state of Michigan. Hey, listen, just before we get to um, the the Jets, I think we all agree that we are expecting the best from the Jets, are hoping to see the best from the Winnipeg Jets and everyone that we've been talking about. But before we can expect the best of others, we need to, everyone involved needs to look in the mirror and expect the best of themselves. And I'm going to pull the curtain back a little bit here on WST. (laughs) 
Yesterday, for those of you, those of you that were with us, will remember that there was a uh, there was an incident when we were playing a clip. And again, it wasn't a big deal. The clip was saved wrong or whatever. We got it in a few minutes. But Remus then came back afterwards and muted himself and was so rattled after that when we went to do one of the interviews, actually left the WST headquarters studio and took a shower in the in the yeah. middle of the in the in the middle of the of show to cleanse himself of all of that. Now um I, I will say this, it worked because you had a great second half of the show. You bounced back, much like we'd like to see this team bounce back from what happened on Tuesday. And uh, I will say, you kind of, much like the guys hopefully came to the rink ready to go today, in great spirits, were very well prepared for this show today. And um, you seem to have done exactly what we expect the Winnipeg Jets to do. Put it in the rearview mirror and put your best foot forward today for a great show. I'm feeling a lot better. Uh, yeah, yesterday I did have to take a shower. I needed to do a mental reset after. Like, look, look, you tune in the show, and I make the same stupid mistake of having myself muted after the clips every time. So, um, you know, I don't want to don't want to do that again. And I did. Yes, I did have to shower, get all the stink off. I wasn't feeling comfortable. And I, you know, I came here, showered this morning, and uh, did all my laundry. So I'm not wearing that. You know. You know, the clothes that's the last one before you have to do laundry. Everyone knows, like, you do, you kind of wait as long as you can, and you start running out of clothes, and you have the same clothes at the end every time. So um, we're in the good clothes. I've showered. We're <laughs> ready for a good show. No, Hopefully no I, mute mistakes. Y'all. So I, I, I just wish, I just wish, and I mean, there's no way for us to have this because obviously something else was on the channel um, when we were having this conversation. But, I mean... We get to whatever we were playing, and then Remus goes, "Ah, I gotta go." And I mean, like whatever. We all have moments or whatever. You take a step away, and he goes, I "I'm going to have a shower." <laughs> yeah, well, I just and I, and I obviously thought he was joking, um, but in fact, that is exactly what happened. So let's just hope that the Jets, as a team, well, maybe not as a team, took a shower, but you know what I'm saying. Showered themselves of every, the stink of the end of that road trip against the San Jose Sharks and uh, are ready to come in with a great attitude, a great work ethic, and uh, and get after it tonight against the, uh, the Detroit Red Wings. Um, you know, Remo, speaking of the Detroit Red Wings, uh, th this is, and again, we can talk must win, can't lose. Everyone knows what the situation is right now. But let's be real here. Um, Calgary's coming up. New Jersey's coming up. The Nashville Predators are coming up. This Detroit team is outside of out, outside of the playoff line. They played last night in Detroit, traveled, and we are expecting a third-string goaltender who you had, I don't believe, had ever even heard of, Magnus Helberg, playing tonight. It's either he or Ned. And I'm just looking at last night's game. Uh, for the Wings, uh, because they uh, actually, you were watching that game. They pulled it out right at the end. Uh, they couldn't the last five seconds oh, of the game. Yeah, I, I had Freddie Anderson in fantasy. I was like, great, going to get that overtime, you know, get to overtime, get a point. Let's go. And Andrew Cobb makes a nice pass to Wallman at the top of the blue line. Andrew Cobb getting praised by the broadcast uh, broadcast crew for playing to the end of the game and not being like, hey, there's five seconds left. I'm not going to try to score. And Wong went and fired a shot from the point, and it snuck past Anderson. So 
Look, you go, yeah, Helberg starting, and you look at Mani Pakas, look at their percentages. They got the Jets' biggest favorite of the night here, 71.1% chance to win, which is why I'm feeling pretty confident uh, in the Jets this evening. And I said before the show, I think the Jets are going to shock us all and win both games this it. weekend. I love it. I love it. I I hope you're right. We'll Five get to game Sunday on this homestand. I'm telling you, <laughs> we'll get to Sunday in a minute. It was Ned last night, Alex Njelkovic, uh in net, and he was the second star. Made 31 saves with a 9.39 save percentage. Daily Faceoff is is putting in that Helberg is expecting uh, to start, but again, no morning skate tonight for the team that just traveled. So we will wait to see about that. The one thing that we know is Connor Hellebuck will be in net tonight, leading the Winnipeg Jets out for a game that they absolutely have to have. You look at the Jets' schedule. They're playing Detroit on the second of a back-to-back. They won yesterday in dramatic fashion. I think it's a big letdown game for Detroit, and the the Devils are playing here a second game back-to-back on Sunday. They're playing Chicago tomorrow. And the Devils did play, uh, they did play yesterday as well. So the Jets, man, they're rested. The schedule gods are lining it up for them. All they got to do is tap it in. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and obviously be a hell of a lot better than they have been as a team, as a unit, and certainly um, especially some of the top players oh. need to step it up tonight. <laughs> okay. and, and, you know, we will see a different look. Um, Mark Shifley is not going to be playing center tonight. Um, obviously, they've tried just about everything um, with their top six, and in particular, Mark Shifley to get more to him lately. Uh, but not just him, Kyle Connor, Pierre-Luc Dubois, uh, and the like. Dubois and Connor staying together and Mark Shifley moving to that wing. Um, and I think we've really only seen this once this year in that Minnesota game on the 27th of December. Um, but that was at a time when Ehlers was out, when Wheeler was out. There was a number of guys out, and they basically were loading up a top line to get, try and give themselves the best chance to score. And listen, I don't blame Rick Bonus for trying something right now. Um, they need more from Mark Shifley. They need more from all of those guys. And the bottom line is they need to score a damn goal. And, um, you know, moving Shifley off of center to the wing, I think, minimizes the defensive responsibilities that have been lacking as well as of late. And Vlad Nemetsnikov has proven to be, I mean, a true. We often talked about the, uh, you know, the, the 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 utility knife that Matthew Perot was, uh, the human jumper cables. Yes. Nemetsnikov has shown that he can play all three positions up front. And I thought that he was really good last game. And they're going to ride with him at center. Uh, I don't know. I know a lot of people are surprised. I am too a little bit that maybe Blake Wheeler isn't playing a little further down in the lineup, but another chance for the longtime former captain of the Winnipeg Jets to try and do something to help this team, um, you know, win a hockey game tonight. And of course, Nikolai Ehlers is going to be the driver on that second line playing with Nemestikov and Wheeler. Um, But Connor Dubois, Shifley, that top line tonight, at least offensively, um, and then Nito Niederreiter moving on with Adam Lowry and Mason Appleton. Uh, a one very minor change, and for a team that can't score goals, this is, uh, I don't think, is really going to change anything. Um, Carson Kuhlman is coming in for Saku Menelainen. I'll be honest, Remo, and I'm sure you'd agree, I would, was expecting that they were going to bring someone else to come back in. It might be Axel Janssen Fialbi, who was the one guy that actually was kind of contributing a little bit from the bottom six before he went out of the lineup um, when it came to uh, came to points. But it'll be Kuhlman 
with Stanny and Barron on that fourth line, and Kuhlman will also play a role in the Winnipeg Jets PK tonight. But um, we can talk about the 12 forward. To me, it's all about the guy playing right wing with Connor and Dubois. And can Rick Bonus and his coaching staff get more out of the top line and um, you know have them do something offensively? And as I said before, score a damn goal, help their team win a game that they absolutely have to have. I'll add in, you know, we're talking about the Jets playing against this goalie we've never heard of, and everyone in the chat is like, oh, no, another third-string goalie we can make look like a Vesna <laughs> trophy winner. I was like, oh, God, because, like, on one hand, you're like, oh, yes, they're playing this goalie who's inexperienced, you know, you don't really know who he is, and the other one's like, ah, how many times has this happened before? I'm just laughing at everyone's uh, reaction. Um, as for the lines go, you know, I was – you know, I was surprised Kuhlman's going in ahead of Axel because Axel's, you know, he's actually been able to score points there. We're getting limited minutes. They asked Rick Bonus about that, and his reasoning was, well, Kuhlman's a right-handed shot. He's right wing, and he's going to go in. But I don't know. I feel like you got to find a way to get it. He was only the only one of those guys between Menelaine and Kuhlman, uh, Gustafson, who doesn't have a goal this year. Um, I mean, those four players, Axel's the one who's been able to put points on the board. And, look, you've got to put him on his off wing. Put him put him on his off wing. But they're opting to go with Carson Kuhlman there on the fourth line. And, yeah, but all eyes on that top line, Connor Dubois, Shafley. I mean, they've been so cold, all of them, over the last, I don't know, 10, you know, 14 games. We've been talking about it all week. We need to see some goals. And we can talk about, you know, getting shots on net, which is great. But they got to put some past... Uh, this goalie here, so um, well, we'll see if they can if they can get it done. Put them all together, and the slump buster line. There it is. Yeah, I'm not sure whether uh, we'll get much from the fourth line or even how much they'll play, considering how vital it is to get the big boys uh, back on track and scoring and feeling good about themselves. Um, I wouldn't be surprised though if there is some sort of a change at some point that we do see a little bit more of Morgan Barron uh, along with one of those top three lines. I mean, I certainly think that that is an option for the coaching staff, uh, but this is the way things are going to look. And, you know, <laughs> you mentioned, I mean, what was it? Kuhlman uh, did score that goal against the Philadelphia Flyers where he took the puck to the net. I think basically lost control of the puck and it somehow went through the wickets and went in. Yes. Um, and we'll get to the cool bet lines a little later on, but I was looking to see, you know, the Jets goal scoring numbers of what the odds were. Uh, and I joked to you, I'm like, oh, Kuhlman scoring two tonight. Just watch this. Uh, no odds available on that. I, I think because he's been out of the lineup for so long, not really even listed uh, amongst the uh, players it could be. And Sacramento line is still in there. So uh, I don't know whether that'll change before uh, before game time tonight. But it's the way things are going to look. One other thing that we should mention as far as the blue line, Reem, um, Morrissey Pionk, Dylan and DeMello, Sandberg and Schmidt are the expected uh, defense pairings. But Logan Stanley did not stay out afterwards for extra work with the other guys that are not playing tonight. And Rick Bonus mentioned that he is essentially on call tonight because there is a defenseman. Obviously, they didn't expand on it that is dealing with something and might not be able to go tonight. So um, if you were wondering why Stanley was not out after the morning skate with the number of the guys that are expected to be scratches, that is why. And, um, you know, I think obviously it's probably in the best interest of the Winnipeg Jets to have their top six there. But if one of those guys cannot play tonight the big guy will get a chance to come back in for the first time in a couple weeks. Yeah, well, uh, we'll have to see what happens there. Keep an eye on warm-ups. 
uh, Rick Bonus was asked, "Who's the guy who's a game time decision? Why don't you tell us?" And he's like, ah, "I'm not not going to tell you guys." Did you he drop a will see on them? Uh, something like that. He's like, "I'm not telling you." He knows how to play the media game, and yeah, Carson Coleman. I you know that goal. I joked that you know he scored and he didn't even sh- shoot the puck, but also uh, you take the puck to the net and good things happen. So I think you can go uh, glass half full or half empty on that play. Um, and we'll see what you know what the lineups they you know not working out. You can always switch it around. But I agree with the, you saying Morgan Barron. He's played more than fourth line. You know he's played that he deserves more than fourth line minutes. And again, we'll see what how it shakes out. But this is what we're going with uh, from you know yesterday's yeah, practice say, and today's what optional we, skate. We can sit around here talking about if Logan Stanley's going to go in in the third pair. We can talk about Carson Kuhlman going in on the fourth line. We can say, oh, maybe it'd be nice to get Morgan Barron a little bit more ice time. Guys, this is uh, all about the uh, the top players on the Winnipeg Jets. Um, they're going to need to continue to get strong goaltending from Connor Hellebuck. It all starts there. Um, but considering what we saw and didn't see from some of the most important, long-serving players on the Winnipeg Jets, can they get their game back? Can this top line with Shifley moving to the wing generate more offensively than any of the lines have recently? Um, can Nikolai Ehlers, you know, maybe be a guy that can put a line on his back along with Wheeler and Metznikov and make something happen? And can the team defend and give their goaltender the best chance to keep the puck out of their net? Um, you know, that is that. Those are the big storylines tonight when it comes to this game. And can they take advantage of a team that should be tired, that played last night, that doesn't have their starting goaltender in as Billy Huso's out and Ned played last night? Can they do all of that, and can they get a win, bottom line, get two points, and then get ready to try to keep it going against a very good New Jersey team on Sunday before the Calgary Flames come to Winnipeg on Wednesday for what could be a game that could ultimately decide who is in and who is out. And then same story on Saturday night when the Nashville Predators are here um, to take on the Winnipeg Jets. Listen, we're going to get to Rick Bonus in just a second. I saw Sean and Twitter mention this. Uh, and uh, listen, we've already got over 400 people in here. Hit that red subscribe button, folks, and give us a thumbs up if you don't mind. And one other ask of you, go over to crafthockeybill.com and support our friends in St. Anne, Manitoba. Now, I actually just did a tweet of this. Hockey Manitoba tweeted this out um, uh, earlier in the morning. But the voting opened this morning at 8 a.m., and it goes until tomorrow at 4 p.m. You can vote as much as you want, and I'm sure everyone in St. Anne would love if people could take a few minutes and hammer some votes in for them. Um, but this is huge for the town of St. Anne, Manitoba. A major cash prize, and if they are able to win, um, they the plan is to save Marie Chapu Arena, which, of course, like so many smaller rural towns here in our province, in a lot of ways, is the epicenter of that community. And um, this, uh, the, the, the website is crafthockeyville.ca. If you're listening to the podcast, fire up your phone or your computer, your iPad, whatever, and throw some votes in for, for St. Anne, Manitoba. Um, it is, uh, they've got the bit out there. It's our moment, St. Anne, Hockeyville 2023. And um, anyone that spent time 
in smaller rural communities know how important the rinks are and they've got massive massive needs for that rink right now so you can get out there right now Rima's showing you how to vote and uh, you got one day two hours and 30 minutes or so before we'll hear the uh, we'll hear the buzzer if you will and hopefully have St. Anne advance so first of all congratulations to everyone that worked so hard to put this together and um, there's more videos and whatnot on exactly the needs of the community are with the rink. Uh, but crafthockeyville.ca, get out there, vote for St. Anne, Manitoba. Let's all get behind our friends just outside the city for what would be a, uh, a huge, huge boost to their community. All right, we're going to hear from Bones in just a minute. Shout out to our friends at Manitoba Battery. Well, hey, April starts tomorrow, but it's no April Fool that uh, the best prices in town and the best service in town when it comes to batteries of all makes, models, and sizes is at Manitoba Battery. Uh, you can. If you need a battery for your car, your truck, or even if you're already working on that summer toy uh, that you're looking forward to using, Manitoba Battery has the uh, most convenient and well-priced options in the city. You can make your order today, uh, like right now, lunchtime. Start a Winnipeg sports talk by giving them a call or going online to manitobabattery.com and have that sucker on your doorstep later on this afternoon at a lower price than you'd pay anywhere else in the city. It really is that simple. Uh, no more trying to find a parking spot at Costco or uh, waiting in line at Canadian Tire or spending your money at the big box stores. You can shop local, get the best price in town with the best service and worry about other things instead of uh, making the trip out to get that battery. Give them a phone call, 204-783-8787, or order online at manitobabattery.com. And certainly, you've got all the information on everything they've got on the website, but you can also pop by and see them in person. Donnie and his great staff waiting for you at Manitoba Battery at 1026 Logan Avenue. Um, hey, as we get into April, the snow will be melting. You will be working on your yard. You will be working on big projects, both on your property and maybe on your home. And Consolidated Supply is the spot to help you out, both indoors and outdoors. Listen, if you've got irrigation needs, Consolidated Supply have been the experts in the golf business for years and can help you with your property for irrigation products and services as well as artificial turf. If you're thinking about maybe that dream putting green in the backyard, Spicy and the guys will hook you up with that. Uh, and by the way, speaking of that backyard, how about a hot tub? Got some great options at Consolidated Supply and amazing outdoor kitchen options as well that you should certainly check out. They're also the first choice for engine parts and a small engine repair. Consolidated Supply, open to the public. Pop by and see them, 1395 Niaqua Road East. You can always check them out online at cte.ca. And uh, hey, last call for nominations for the Unsung Hero Program with our friends at Wallace & Wallace. We uh, got just a few hours left, and really this weekend, if you're listening to the podcast on, on uh, so say Saturday or Sunday, Send us an email, unsunghero at winnipegsportstalk.com. We want to hear from uh, maybe that person that helped out their community all year long by spending long hours helping with minor hockey programs or officiating. Um, and, of course, great charity work as well. So many people doing their part to help others right now. We want to reward one of those unsung heroes. The unsung hero will get an autographed jersey from Jets all-star defenseman Josh Morrissey. 
and Wallace and Wallace make a $500 donation to the Dream Factory in the name of the Winnipeg Sports Talk listener who nominated the unsung hero. And that 500 is going to be matched by Josh and Margo Morrissey as well. So last call for unsung hero nominees for March. Send them to us now. Unsung hero at winnipegsportstalk.com. And we'll uh, announce a winner some point next week here on WST. And just before we get to Bones, Hey, if you're looking for great prices on natural and organic supplements, beauty products, and groceries, you know where to go. One of seven Vita Health Fresh Market stores are online at myvita.ca. Not to mention they carry Winnipeg's largest assortment of local products too and a great local company, family-owned and operated since 1936. Guys, spring, spring is right around the corner. Get ready for it with Ultimate Male Energy, formulated specifically for men over 35. Ultimate Male Energy is designed to help improve testosterone production, reduce excess body fat, build muscle tissue, maintain prostate health, and more. It's on sale today at Vita Health. And uh, local delivery is well available if you visit their website online. If you can't make it down to one of the seven stores, but uh, you definitely pop by and see them. Vita Health Fresh Market, empowering people to lead healthy lives. Seven Winnipeg locations, including the newest store in Linden Ridge, and online at myvita.ca. All right, let's uh, hear a little bit from Rick Bonus before Ken Weeb joins us. Um, Bones took to the uh, podium today, trying to uh, get his team back in the win column when, as they desperately need it, as we've been talking about all week long. Um, the big change today is Mark Scheifele moving from center to the wing with Pierre-Luc Dubois and Kyle Connor. Rick Bonus talked about that decision a little earlier. Listen, I had a good talk with Mark again about it this morning. Is his preference to play center? Yeah. But is he all in to give this a try? He is. Um, and, we'll, and we'll give it a try. It's not written in stone that this is how we're going to go. Um, first of all, when he takes the face off on those right sides, Doobie will play right wing and he'll play center. Um, they want to play together because they know they're all top-end guys and they want to see if it works. And as I told Mark, if, if you don't think you're getting in the game playing the wing, just give me a tug and we'll make the quick switch. But again, they've played probably 10 shifts together over the course of the year, so it's nothing new for them. I, I usually put them out near the end of a game, end of a period, so they've been out there in that formation before. Uh, and it, right now, listen, it's worth a look. Uh, our analytics are, are way up offensively in terms of creating chances, but we're not scoring. So that's the, that's the, that's the bottom line. You use analytics as a guideline, but it also reinforces your what you're, what you're seeing. But the bottom line is no one really cares about that. They want to see the puck go in the net. So we're going to just try something different to see if we can get the puck in the net. Oh, man, Bones cracks me up sometimes. He's exactly right. I mean, yeah, they've been getting some shots. The uh, The analytics are telling the scoring chances are there. Uh, but none of that matters if the red light doesn't go on. And um, listen, they got to try something. This is the move right now. And, you know, before everyone says he's been banished to the wing, I think Bones makes a great point that, you know, they'll be taking... They'll be taking some face-offs as well, at which point Dubois will work on the right ring. Um, you know, from my perspective, Remus, when you're in such a, 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 a slump of the proportions that the Jets are in right now when it comes to their offense, um, you do have to try some things that maybe you haven't done in a while. And let's face it, I mean, on paper, putting Pierre-Luc Dubois, Kyle Connor, and Mark Shifley on the same line should translate to some increased offense, and uh, that's what Bones is looking for tonight. 
Yeah, it definitely sounds like a powerhouse of a line, if you ask me. But you look at reality, what they've combined for what one one goal in the last nine games, two goals I think, uh, from one from Connor, one from Dubois, and these guys not need enough. to need <laughs> to get going. Yeah, not enough. You want to win games, you need your top guys to score for you. So we will see how this goes. And although we, you know maybe some concern about having uh, Shafley and Connor together, I think they've been on for maybe a bit too many goals. Against and we talked about their deficiencies in the defensive zone, but you know maybe you take some of that load uh, from the defensive end for Mark Shafley by putting him on wing, and you know Dubois is going to be a strong, a two-way player. So I'm intrigued. We'll see how it goes. I'm trying to think. Uh, someone was asking me like, when was the last time Mark Shafley even played wing because he's basically been center, and you're asking a guy who's you know your number one center to. I don't know if it's a demotion, but just go away from the position he's played his entire NHL career. The only times I could think, I know Bonus mentioned, what, 10 shifts this year, which is nothing, but he played on the wing with McDavid uh, for Team North America at the World Cup, and he also played on the wing at the World Juniors on the top line with Nugent Hopkins, who's a 100-point scorer this year, and Jonathan Huberto, another former 100-point uh, scorer. So, I don't know how this is going to work. We'll see on Wednesday. Yeah, well, yeah, he's not, not. That was last year, not not this year, not this year for Huberto. But uh, we'll see how it goes. And they're trying to do whatever they can to try to get something because you look from I said yesterday since January 17 goals per game, the Jets are at the bottom of the league. And but well, however, they are still holding down a playoff spot, and they're trying to hang on to it. And we'll see tonight against Detroit. Yeah, um, so with Shifley moving to the wing, Ehlers, Nemetsnikov, and Wheeler, and um, that makes Nito Niederreiter riding shotgun with um, Adam Lowry and Mason Appleton. I don't mind him being on that line as well. I mean, I think the Appleton and Lowry combination has been very effective. They've uh, been the one line that's actually been scoring and scoring some huge goals in the games that the Jets have won over the past few weeks. Um, but they're going to need more from everybody tonight. Uh, and it will start off with that top line, and we'll see what they can get out of Shifley moving to the wing, playing with two of the best offensive players on this club with Kyle Connor and Pierre-Luc Dubois. Uh, a far, probably a far less impactful move, although I'd love to be wrong, is Carson Kuhlman going in for Saku Menelain, and Bones talked about uh, that tweak to the bottom of the forward group. He'll play penalty kill, and he, we know what he's like. He's an energy guy. They're a fast-gaining team tonight. Uh, it's not like Saku's been, been bad. He hasn't. He's been a big part of the penalty kill. But we've got fresh legs, and give him a little. Maybe gives us a little boost of energy. That's what he. That's what he will bring to the table tonight. How do you decide out of the three? Like all three of those guys are, you know, two of them are energetic, and David is a little bit more cerebral. How do you decide Carson versus Axel or he's David right in that winger. situation? So we're going to go with the right winger. All right, so there's bones a little bit on the uh, Kuhlman addition and that Sacramento line and coming out. But um, there's a little bit more from bones on. I think everyone's been interested. Listen, Shifley's been taking a lot of heat, justifiably so. Uh, and I think there was a lot of questions about just the communication between coach and player after what we heard after the San Jose game, which, um, you know, I certainly took what Mark Shifley said as not really being on board with uh, a lot of the things that had been preached by the coaching staff. Uh, but Bones talked uh, as well this morning about how he pitched Shifley to move to the wing, um, considering what's been happening with uh, this team as of late. Uh, the, 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 
the pitch is this, let's do what we can to score some goals and try to help the team win in any way we can. That's the pitch. And uh, again, it's not. We may go through a period and a period and a half and say, you know what, it, it doesn't look good, and they're not comfortable. And we'll put market back at center. And we'll make another switch. So, uh, but the pitch is that they want to. They want to play together. They want to try it. They want to see what it looks like, like we do. And it, and it, if they had said no, then we wouldn't do it. If Mark didn't agree to place this, we wouldn't do it. If he came and said, you know, I'm not that comfortable doing it, okay, good. Then we won't even try it. But uh, you have to have those discussions so that everyone's on the same page and everyone's open-minded to it. And that's to say the pitch, and they'll do whatever they can to help the team. But again, we're not. We may not finish the game that way, and they're fine with it, too. They know the adjustment we will make if we have to. All right. There's some interesting comments from Bones on, uh, you know, on, on all of that. And listen, for all of the, uh, you know, the questions about, you know, commitment and effort level and uh, buy-in and all of that, the one thing that I think everyone agrees is that these guys do want to win. Um, and it's a hell of a lot more fun to be around the rink after wins than it is after losses. And they've had way too many losses over the past few months, and that is why the team is in this urgent situation um, that they're in right now. So we'll see what happens tonight. I mean, there's no guarantees, as Bone said, that this is going to last the entire game, but hopefully it does. And that might mean that um, they've had a little bit of offensive success because that is exactly what this team needs to do. 32nd in goals in the National Hockey League over the last couple months. There's way too much talent on this team to be in that situation. And uh, the one thing I'll say, you know, me putting the positive hat back on, they're due. <laughs> they are so due right now to score some goals, Remo. And uh, you'd have to think at some point it's going to happen, but they don't have a lot of time for it to get going. Yes, they have been getting chances. We know this team is talented. They've shown it. And, you know, I... This is a great spot tonight um, against the Red Wings. They're big favorites. And they're also big favorites on Tuesday against San Jose. And they threw, what, 40 shots on net on James Reimer and couldn't score. So I feel like this dam's going to break, Hustler. And maybe it's tonight. And with this Shifley Dubois Connor line, they need to, they're due for like four goals each. I know we just talked about Andrew Copps. Uh, four goal game, so maybe it's one of these guys' turn. I don't know. Well, Coolman, Coolman tonight. <laughs> um, uh, let's pull up number six just while we're continuing to talk about you know Shifley moving to the uh, the wing. Uh, listen, this is about scoring goals right now. Um, but listen, there's been a lot of questions about the defense that's been uh, or lack thereof at times when Shifley's line has been on and how often they've been pulling the puck out of their own net. Um, Bones was asked if Mark moving to the wing lessens his load on the defensive side of things. Yeah, he won't be down. As, and Pierre's very good in our zone, so Mark will not be low in our zone as much. Um, so, yeah, this is going to lighten his load up a little bit. And, um, again, Pierre's very good. At, he's a big, strong guy to take care of our zone. And we're also encouraging Mark and, and Casey, as soon as we get that puck, go. You know, let's go on the attack as quick as we can. So that, that will help him a little bit. All right, so there's a bonus talking about that, and I think that is a big part of it as well because, I mean, listen, it's one thing to be in a bit of a funk defensively or offensively, uh, 
But if you're in a funk defensively as well and continuing to put up minuses night after night, you got to change something, and that's exactly what this team has done. Um, here's an interesting question from Murat Atesh to Rick Bonus, and, and of course, Murat was the one that basically got the uh, the eye roll <laughs> heard around the league on Tuesday night from Bones after speaking with Mark Shifley. Um, but again, it was about generating offense and how this team can do it. And um, here's Marat asking Bones about uh, offense generation heading into this game tonight. The idea of generating offense in different ways. Um, when you take the first shooting opportunities and create the chaos that you talk about, does that buy people time after that chaos now that they, okay, things are going to open up there, it seems to find their place to make after that first shot? Yeah, you, you hope so because, again, the way the league is coached today, I mean, it's all five guys jammed up around the net. And how are you going to get them to move? you got to get the puck to move. Got to get them to, to chase guys out a little bit, just to open up a little bit more around the net. If you can, if you let them stand there and five guys are on the net, all you're going to do is be on the perimeter the whole night, passing it around. We're number one in the league in terms of creating slot opportunities, so we're doing a really good job making plays in their zone. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that we do take some time and we do move the puck around and we do get our D involved, which does spread them out, and then we're able to get the puck in the slot. Now we're we're not getting rewarded for that, so it all sounds good that we're number one in the league in terms of creating that opportunity from the slot. But the bottom line is we need the puck to go in. But you can't do that if you don't get that five-man unit to spread out a little bit. So I think we've done a really good job of that. All right, so there's Bones on, uh, you know, more on what this team needs to do to, to light the damn lamp between the uh, behind the opposition goaltender. One more clip, and then we're going to welcome Ken Weebin. And this was an interesting one. Apparently, Bones talked to some of the players that had been with the Jets in previous playoff runs about the whiteout. And um, here's Murat asking Bones about why he brought that up with his team. You asked them to tell them about what the whiteouts were like, what the celebration was like, what a playoff run could feel like in this city. What's the power in that? Why do you go to that? Why do you get them telling those stories amongst each other? Uh, just because I, I remember watching it and being so very proud of the city and the following, you know. So uh, I think I was in Dallas at that point. <laughs> Dallas or Tampa, uh, and I just remember how proud I was of the city and how much fun from a player's perspective that would be, that you know the city's 100 and the province is 100% behind you, and you've got a great following, and it creates excitement, and it creates the passion, and that's why we're all here, we to create that excitement of the game and bring that passion out to the game, and having the fans like they were that that series, man, that's got to bring, that's got to stay with you the rest of your life, and so that's the excitement of the playoffs so if that gives you a little extra incentive to get in use it right whatever it takes to get that motivation way up to, to get you to get the team in the playoffs use it but like those there's memories that they stay with me because of my history with the jets and being so proud of the city all right that was that was cool and i think this goes back to you know bones trying to do and push every button he can to ramp up every level of motivation engagement that he know that his team needs to snap out of this and maintain their spot above the playoff line. All right, Weaver's joining us right away. What a start yesterday for the Jays. That might be the game of the year, number one of 162. Bananas, 10-9 win over the Cardinals. And Jays fans, if you're not quite ready for the season, get on down to Royal Sports. Tons of Blue Jays gear came in yesterday. 
It's all on the shelves, men's and women's jerseys, T-shirts, hoodies, tons of hats as well. And uh, Yankees, Shohei Otani, and more from the rest of the major leagues out there as well. As we say, I'm not uh, willing to put the X. Well, we're far from putting an X beside the Jets right now where they are. But hopefully, we'll have some long lines of uh, folks getting white Jets gear in a few weeks if the team can hold on to this position. Nowhere better to load up for the big game and for spring with soccer, baseball, softball, bikes all coming in by the day. Get on down to Royal Sports at 750 Pemina Highway and you can also follow them on Instagram for the latest merchandise drops and sale information. Uh, with the turn of seasons coming up, how's the menswear looking, guys? Is your wardrobe ready to go? Well, if it isn't, you need to pop down and see Andrew and the gang at F Apparel. Custom suits beginning at just 400 bucks. Um, golf pants, chinos, custom shirts, both tucked and untucked, and the best selection of men's accessories around is all there for you at F Apparel. Uh, don't forget, if you're in a wedding party this summer, talk to the guys now about bringing the wedding party down there, getting fitted, and taking advantage of a 15% discount when you get your suits from F Apparel. And if you've got a, a 2023 grad in the family, get the young man a new suit for the graduation to move into the next stage of his life. And F Apparel will include a custom shirt and tie on them valued at about 150 bucks. Make an appointment or find out more at fephapparel.com. And you can pop down and see them in person at 190 Smith Street. And just before we bring in Weber, huge, huge sports weekend coming up with a couple huge jet games. The ice as well. We'll talk about that a little later on. But hey, if you're gathering with your friends to watch the game, there's no better place to do that than Boston Pizza. Actually ran in for some wings last night. Nothing better than those Boston Pizza wings. Um, ice cold schooners, gourmet pizzas, and more. Jets on the big screen with full sound at all locations. Get on down there tonight if you're not making your way to Canada Life Center. And if you are staying at home this weekend but just have that BP Craven, you can always order online at bostonpizza.com. All right, let's welcome in our man, Worldwide Weave, is back in Winnipeg <laughs> from the road. Kenny, what's going on? How are you? Us, uh, great to be with you. Uh, no doubt that that Jays game was absolutely drunk <laughs> yesterday. It was bonkers i was in transit but fortunately the uh, the airwaves picked up for the eighth and the ninth innings so i had the early start with the bats booming in the first inning and then by the time we were landing in calgary uh caught the end and the and the mayhem that ensued in both the eighth and the ninth so a uh, fun time to be a jays fan there's no doubt about that uh, which is sort of on the flip side of what it has been like for the uh, Manitoba faithful over the last week. I, uh, I was able to catch uh, most say. of the hits yesterday with, uh, I was catching up with the podcasts on the plane as well. So I know the angst level has been high in this part of the world, even though I've not spent a lot of time here in the last 18 days. Well, as you, know. you know what? It's funny. I mean, you and Sean did a great job. I mean, I, and I think most people here were up with you guys till about two in the morning, <laughs> trying to make sense of what happened on Tuesday night. And listen, I, did my freak out on Wednesday. I've calmed down a little bit on Thursday and I don't want to re-trigger myself, but <laughs> we have to talk about this. You were there on the road. Um, uh, I mean, Thursday or the game on Tuesday, there were some good things they, they, they did, but again, an, an absolute blackout when it comes to offense. And I mean, I think what was uh, more concerning maybe than the result of the game, although that's what really matters right now when we're talking about standings, 
was how diametrically opposed what we heard from DeMello and Shifley was after the game. And then um, Rick Bonus biting his tongue as much as I've ever seen an NHL coach after being asked about that. Um, just reset. Uh, you, I mean, your thoughts on both being in the building, the way the Jets finished that road trip, and everything that came out of it when you and Murad asked the questions post-game. Yeah, first and foremost, Tuss, it was interesting – Marat and I weren't 100% sure Mark would be coming out. And as Marat uh, pointed out to you before heading down the Pacific Coast Highway, we actually got a very thoughtful version of Mark Shifley in his post-game address. And that was a welcome sign based on the I didn't feel like it that he dropped in the last time that he spoke. It was spoke. long, too. I mean, I, I think it clocked he out went, like over seven went, minutes. It was honestly, that's why, too, I, I don't want to, obviously what he said about um, you know, shot quality versus volume was important in the nature of the discussion. But but based on the larger scheme issue that we have been talking about in terms of engagement and accountability, Mark pointing the finger at himself has not been a frequent occurrence. So I don't want to just sit here and say, oh, well, Mark was out to lunch because he's not listening to his coach. And not at all. I thought that the accountability part was important. But ultimately, his actions need to match those words. And that, that's how I will judge Mark and others on this weekend's events. And uh, so let's be frank here. We're going to have a pretty darn good idea by next Saturday if the Jets are going to be a playoff team. That's not to say that it will be locked down or, or out the window. But if you're looking at the matchups on the horizon, these next four games will determine whether the Jets are in good stead or if they are chasing one of the Flames or the Predators by the time that game with Nashville is over next Saturday night around 8.45. So how is Mark going to respond and react? Taking it forward, I don't want to move forward. I'll, I'll, I'll circle back to the diametrically opposed. So today what I found super interesting, A, I'm in favor of Shifley being with Dubois and Connor. But what I don't like to hear from Rick Bonus as an observer is him list all the reasons it may not work and they may not stick. If you don't think it's going to work, why try it? That to me, it seemed like he was just laying out the red carpet for Mark. And, oh, hey, by the way, Mark, if you're not feeling comfortable, just t pull me on the leg and we'll make a bunch of changes. I understand that you want feedback from your players, Huss. But if you as a coach have the conviction to say, I want to try this line, honestly, don't, don't the players have to listen to the coach in that situation? But so anyways, I don't, don't mean to get off track. So that was the one thing that I found a little bit confusing from this morning's series of events. In terms of what Mark said, and, and honestly, Rick, I wouldn't say necessarily backtracking yesterday. I know I wasn't in the room, but I saw the transcripts and I listened. What Mark said is not as diametrically opposed as what Rick was saying, with the caveat that that must include not passing up the open looks that the Jets have been have been missing. There's no problem looking for a quality attempt as long as it doesn't mean that attempt comes on a three-on-one where the puck gets passed into the corner rather than ripping the puck from a high danger area. Yeah, just to clarify, when I mentioned the 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 the, uh, the opposed, I meant from what we heard from Dylan DeMello. Like Dylan DeMello sure, no. was basically saying, "Hey, we're getting the shots and you know, we're doing what we're being asked to do and it just hasn't right. gone in." And 
Um, and, and Mark seemed to push back a little bit, saying that that's not really his preferred way of playing. And when you're in this epic slump and you're not scoring and you're minus whatever over the past um, so many games, um, you're, it, it, it was a bit of an eye-opener. And I think I certainly took that this guy's not totally on the same page with what is being asked of uh, of him right now by the guys that are running the show. Yeah, so I mean, I understand why it's natural to think that way, but the issues that Mark and others are having defensively, I don't think are directly correlate or in correlation to the, you know, wanting to look for a better quality of shot. And honestly, in some ways, has Mark is right to a degree in that, if it's only about volume, why didn't 41 translate into something other than being shut out? Where in the other shutouts, the Jets weren't necessarily, you know, getting as much rubber at the net. So the thing is too, and when a team is going through a, a slump, hus, a lot of things are happening and, and, you know, fray, things are fraying at the seams and all of those things. Like in any other day, the Lowry pass to Appleton lands flat and that's in the back of the net. Instead, the ice is a little bit off and the, the puck is on its edge ever so slightly. Appleton doesn't hit the one-timer perfectly. <clears throat> that allows Reimer to get the paddle down. And the one time we're on the ice or bar down wouldn't work. Middle of the net should have been fine, but that's the one time it hits the paddle. And, and that just is sort of a, that was sort of a snapshot of the greater issues for the Jets. Cause Huss, I think we're in agreement here, especially from listening to you. This was not a Connor Hellebuckian 51 saves in San Jose, the Sharks get away, you know, by the skin of their teeth because they got goalied. I don't think it's as simple as saying the Jets got goalied by James Reimer. No, I, got, I, I, have a, I have a handful of saves from Reimer that were, uh, you know, maybe three of the 10 bell variety. And I, I don't agree with Rick Bonus's assessment that the Jets wildly outplayed the Sharks because they quite frankly didn't. They, they had more zone time and they had enough looks to win against what was the worst team in the league at that time. They didn't dominate the Sharks by any means. And at no point was the was, were you thinking the Jets are just going to steamroll the Sharks and come back to win. So my, my bigger issue for the Jets in that game was urgency, not whether or not one player thinks they need to look for better quality chances and someone else thinks they should continue to pepper the opposition, no matter where the shots are coming from. The bigger issue is the Jets had no second and third opportunities, Huss. They didn't have a lot going off the rush. And to me, the biggest thing here, and you know, we talked about it on site, Marat and myself, I mean, Mark Scheifele, you can understand why he didn't have a lot going in terms of quality shot generation on Saturday against the Kings, because he was playing against Phil Deneau and Andre Kopitar, two excellent two-way players. And that's to take nothing away from Logan Couture. But it wasn't a hard match. And in a lot of times, Couture was up against the Dubois line uh, in the game. So Mark is going up against lower quality talent. And the fact that he was not able to get anything generated offensively. And now that was a greater concern. And you know, as Marat pointed out, and him and I sat, you know, talked about this uh, during the walk back after the game. Mark Schleifley sets up Wheeler. It's on a tee for him in the slot in the first period. And Wheeler fanned on the shot there and on the pass. That happens. But maybe if you get something generated early, then a team can get some momentum going. And that, quite frankly, just didn't happen for much of the game. And, you know, Lowry had the breakaway and Kyle had a par or partial breakaway because Carlson caught him. And, and then, in a ridiculous fashion, incredible hustle by Carlson to get back in the play. 
And then he completely forgot to check Lowry, and Lowry just pretty much olayed it past him and still got a chance on net. So uh, this is a fascinating weekend overall for sure. Uh, I wonder how Mark will respond because the last time he, he hasn't responded super well to the benching, but this is not a one or two person problem. As, as you talked about with Sean earlier this week, you know, Blake is obviously struggling. He's gone 21 games without a goal. His legs are not there. And Kyle Connor has one in 15. That's not enough for, for a guy who you, a team relies on for prolific offense. And even Dubois, I understand it's one in 10 for him, but um, he needs to get going also. But the group as a whole needs to do a better job. This is what we talked about before us. When the top six was generating offense, we we were all wondering where the third and fourth line offense was going to come from. Now Adam Lowry's got his offensive game going. And now the top six has basically been missing in action, except for Ehlers, who has four goals in his last 10 games, yet he can't get on the ice enough to generate more offensive opportunities for a team that is dying to generate more. So to me, the players obviously need to pick it up, but Rick Bonus needs to do his part in this situation as well as for me. And some of that is in terms of the ice allocation that's got to improve to a degree here as well coming up this weekend. You know what? Uh, uh, really well said and interesting points. And, and let's get to kind of what you brought up about what we just heard from Rick Bonus talking about, you know, the plan for tonight, Britton Shifley on the wing and, the guys are gung-ho for it. That You know, it doesn't necessarily have to last the whole time. I mean, my interpretation of that, Ken, is this is a coach that everybody saw was about as pissed off as he could have been on, on Tuesday night afterwards. And I think his tone yesterday coming into his media availability and again today in some ways was as much for everyone in the fan base to sort of tone down or take the temperature down a little bit because, because listen, it has been where it's been and it hasn't helped the Winnipeg Jets on the ice. And I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, this extra day between games, or I'm certainly hoping that this extra day between games, getting back home, grounding themselves, accepting where they are right now and not worrying about what's happened in the past will hopefully help them get off to a good start tonight. But especially for someone like Shifley, moving over to a different side, playing with two of the best offensive players. Like I don't think anything will help Mark more than seeing the red light go on behind their opposition goaltender, whether he's it's off his stick or one of the other guys that he's playing with. Just to be part of some positive things happening yeah, because can, they have been like so said, few think- and far in between. Yeah, for sure. And Mark needs to get going. There, there's no doubt about that. And, and he said it himself. He he needs offense to be generated off of his stick, whether it's for himself or for his line mates. I do think part of this, and Rick admitted this, but he didn't want it to be interpreted as it's only being done to help Mark's defensive or to reduce or diminish some of his defensive responsibilities, knowing that Dubois will handle a lot of the down low duties. But it obviously will free him up to look for his shot more. He is one of the most dangerous shooters on this team. So if that is what the Jets need from him, and they do, then take away some of those responsibilities, which is meant to help him, not as a penalty or a punishment to him. Now, what does that mean in the big picture? I'm not sure. And I do think this is a line that can work. We, we joke about it, in the, or not joke, we, we talk about it in the press box. There's often this line comes out as the power hour kind of moment. 
after after penalty kills or at latent periods. So these guys have played together before. So they have potential to generate offense. And if Pierre-Luc Dubois can draw defenders to him, that should create lanes and space for Kyle Connor and Mark Scheifele to be a little bit more explosive, Hus, because to me, that's the element in the games of those two players in particular that have been lacking. These are both powerful skaters who can generate with their legs. I don't see those legs churning enough to generate off the rush or to beat players you know, in space. And that's something that they need to get going uh, on that front. That's something that Ehlers can do when he's really moving his feet as well. And I think if – here's the other part, Hus – if it's if Ehlers and Nemestikov start clicking again, like we know they have in the past, you know maybe Nino Niederreiter gets a bump up shift or two in a period for Blake Wheeler. I'm not advocating for Blake to have 10 minutes of ice time, but he doesn't need to have 18, and that's not a pun, pen, punishment for him either. It's that Blake can give the Jets more in 15 than he can in 18 or 20 at this stage of his career. So put him in a position to succeed if you're a Rick Bonus, and if the Jets can do that. And that also could mean giving Morgan Barron a couple of bump-up shifts, whether that's with the Lowry line and then Nino Niederreiter moves up, or if Barron just moves up simply for, for someone else. But there are ways the Jets can generate more. And it was super interesting, Rick mentioning the analytics, that they don't hide behind them, but the metrics show that they're generating more. And that, yes, he said they were the top, you know, top team in the league for generating inner slot chances, but they're not generating enough of those of late that are of the dangerous variety. So can they do that against a team like the Red Wings that, you know, is basically a next year country. They're playing in a back-to-back. It's another schedule advantage for the Jets, provided they're, like you said earlier, Huss, on the same page with one another and ready to take advantage rather than trying to see where the game takes them. And then it becomes a game like it was in Detroit where it kind of becomes free and loose and not a de- lot of defending is happening. And then all of a sudden the Jets look up and they're in the game and then they're losing 7-5 and they wonder, what just happened here and why did it happen? So the Jets haven't been having as many structural breakdowns, but the breakdowns they've had, Hus, are been of the very poor variety and they're ending up in the back of the net quickly. And that's another, we've talked so much about offense they need to cut down on the critical errors in their own end, which is sort of leading and, and amplifying the lack of offense right now as well. So, you know, other than not scoring and defending all that well, things are going great. For, oh, oh, hang on. I forgot about the power play. That's one for 30. So, you know, there's some things to clean up and there is time to get them cleaned up, but the runway is getting shorter and the urgency level is not high enough. And I thought, Hus, the biggest thing that came out of yesterday, never mind Rick, not backtracking, but soft, soft shoeing a little bit, was Adam Lowry admitting that the Jets are in, where they are, not because of effort, but because of the stubbornness that has sort of been ingrained with this group, thinking that maybe their way is better than what now three different coaches have been saying. So that to me was one of the more telling signs, but I, to go back to your original thought, I agree with you completely. Rick Bonus has been bouncing back and forth between the person who loves the truth serum and Hus, we in the media love the truth serum as well, but some of his players are not responding as well to the truth serum 
which is why you've had to find the, the day after guy, or in this case, two days after guy, kind of saying, trying to bring that temperature down, as you said. So I, and I loved Rick's answer to Judy Owen's question yesterday also, because quite frankly, there's lots of people that have been wondering if Rick has some regrets. And that's why I wrote about the topic of regret in my column for sportsnet.ca. I love that Rick A cut the cut the question off before it was even close to being done and that he exuded that passion, Hus, that is required to tackle a challenge of the variety that he is facing currently, which it seems crazy, Hus, for a guy that's been around for five decades, to think that Rick Bonus, who was involved in some of the worst Ottawa Senators expansion teams in history of hockey is facing bigger challenges now with a team that was in first place in the conference two months ago. That seems absurd to the, uh, to the, to the general public, right? To the masses. But that is the psychological challenge that he has. The X's and O's are fine. And I think the, you know, the ice, ice time allocation, that stuff you can sort out. But the fact that the psycho- the psychological element with this team, Hus, to me, that is the most confusing part. Because this team looked like it was oozing confidence at one point this year. And now at the first sign of anything in the adverse condition, they are wilting under the pressure, which seems odd to me. Well, and, and Ken, I, I want to go back to something you mentioned about Adam Lowry's comments yesterday. Um, I find it interesting that it's Lowry, of all people, that says that, you know, kind of owns that, you know, maybe we're still being stubborn, the things that the coaches have been before. Because, to be honest, I think it's been pretty clear to anyone watching this team through this slump Adam Lowry has been the one guy leading the way, doing all of the things that the coaching staff is wanting to do. I mean, look at the big goals that he and his line mates have scored. They've been on rebounds. They've been in the blue paint. They have been doing the things that, frankly, they haven't been getting from some of those other lines. And in a lot of ways, I sort of interpreted that as a public backing of Rick Bonus for exactly what he's saying. And maybe in a public way, a little reminder to some of his teammates that might not have been feeling that way that, um, they need to get with the program, for lack of a better term. Yeah, so, and, and that's the most interesting part. And, and let's also not forget what Adam said earlier on in the discussion about people needing to take care of their own game first, and he pointed to himself directly. But Adam has been taking care of his own game and playing well with his line mates. It's the skilled players who have gone missing in action here at a time where the Jets need them more than ever. I, I didn't see it as finger pointing, and I know that's not what you're suggesting, Hus. But I do think it was a reminder that you know, unlike last year when several players were not backing the head coach, who, unfortunately, in this case for Lowry, happened to be his father. I think he sees the importance of being on that same page that you mentioned. But the stubbornness has been a factor for the Jets, not just for one year, but maybe maybe going on four or five years now. And that's been the difficult part to break those habits, as Rick Bonus has talked about. Is there enough time in these seven games to break some of those habits and for the Jets to enjoy some of that, that whiteout discussion that you were getting at before the break? I mean, we'll see. But that's the beauty. What Rick said at the end of everything in San Jose to kind of put a bow tie on that subject 
we're going to find out what the Jets are made of. And I know a lot of people are willing to say we found out what they were made of in the last two months. And I'm okay if that's how they feel. But let's also not forget that the year that the Jets uh, went into the playoffs and swept the Oilers, they had a seven-game losing streak in the last month of the season where no one thought they would elevate their game, yet they found a way to do so. So this is not to say the Jets are, you know, punch the ticket, mark the X beside their name, but they do have the ability to get things sorted out provided they are willing to make the sacrifice and commitment that is required to getting back to the way that they played in October, November, December, even parts of January before, before things kind of fell off a cliff in similar manner or fashion to 2019, where it was also the same thing with the same core group. Even after playing so poorly down the stretch and giving up first place, they actually played some of their best hockey in that series against the Blues, with the exception of maybe the final minute of Game 5, where the series completely turned on its head. Well, and Game 6, which they entirely didn't even show up for. I mean, that oh, no, that, that's what a, I mean. That so, was a five-game series. That, that, that's, <laughs> sure, that, that, the, what I mean is the Schwartz goal killed any chance yeah. of the Jets doing anything else after that because they went from being up 2 nothing in the game and everyone remembers it and no one likes to talk about it. Kevin Hayes knocking ah. the puck out of the Blues goal as he was tackled by Colton Pareko. That, that, it's one of the craziest plays in the 2.0 Jets history because of what it meant. So much like I said before, Appleton, that's a, ta- that's a, that's a backdoor one-time tap 999 times out of 1,000. Same for Hayes. That's a goal, a playoff goal that puts the Jets up 3 nothing. that probably does the same thing to the Blues as the Jaden Schwartz goal did to the Jets at 3 nothing. And it, I understand how resilient the Blues were. I was there for the next round. If the Jets go up 3 nothing, Huss, they probably win the series. But that's neither here nor there. The Jets don't want to have a moment like that right now, Huss. They don't want to be left here on April 17th saying, oh my God, can you believe we lost those two games to the Sharks and we lost that game to the Blue Jackets and we missed the playoffs by one point? So that's why I say there's time. If those things resonate with players, we know the players care. And much like Rick Bonus said, they don't come to the rink with bad intentions. But if their intentions are not right during this next week, the Jets are going to find themselves below the playoff line, having to go out on the road to Minnesota and Colorado, two teams battling for what the Jets used to be battling for, and they're not going to be rolling over for the Jets to try to let them in the back door. They're going to want to knock them out entirely. So to me, we're going to learn a lot in the next eight days, and I am fascinated to learn what we learn. I was talking with Wes Gilbertson yesterday, Huss, who covers the Flames, he asked me, as we were discussing this, if you had to put $100 down on the old cool bet lines for which of the three would make the playoffs, I said I, I would not bet a nickel on who is going to make the playoffs because I have no idea. <laughs> it should be the Jets, but I have no idea how they're going to look in the next week. Yeah, well, and and you know what? To your point, I mean, we heard Rick saying, I mean, this is going to be a test of their character and pride. The Jets are lucky that they played the way they did in the first three months of the year and earned the spot in the standings that they uh, that they had. 
because this is not the first time we've heard this. They have been challenged this way. There has been talk about their character and pride, and, and frankly, they haven't passed those tests up until this point. But because of what they've done earlier this year, they're back at home right now. And if they can actually pass one of these tests given to them by their head coach, um, they can get to the ultimate finish line, which is being eighth or better in the Western Conference and be a member of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Um, we were, by the way, we've got 500 people in here. Great stuff. Hit that red subscribe button, thumbs up. And Remus has posted, if you're with Beautiful. us in the chat, a link to go and vote for St. Anne, Manitoba for Craft Hockeyville. Everyone, hopefully we can get behind them. Um, but we were, you were down there. I know right, it was yes. an, I know it was an optional today. Um, I, I just was wondering whether you gathered from the mood around the team. Um, that was a really tough loss. I'm sure that was a long, quiet flight home. I think it was a benefit to the team to have the extra day, but um, this is a huge game. Their season is on the line. I mean, what did you gather from uh, just hearing and talking to anyone that you did today inside that jet dressing room, not coaching? Yeah, I only got to Rick's avail actually, Huss. So I, uh, I was running a little behind this morning, so I don't have any insight on that front. Uh, but I do know, I, would, I think the Jets mentally needed the break, the day break, and I think they'll come out ready. Uh, in terms of the mood or whatever, I, I don't put a ton of stock into morning skate mood uh, because it's so tough to tell. And a lot of times it is is meaningless because it's a lot of hours later. Uh, there have been some times during the last stretch where I haven't necessarily liked the energy that I've seen from the Jets and their skates. But I, I can't weigh in on that today. And I would think they're going to be ready. I mean, if they're not ready, then we're going to have our answer before next Saturday, Hus, because maybe it won't take – if they're not sharp mentally and not engaged or committed we're going to have our answer by next wednesday rather than next saturday um and kenny just back to tonight's game for a minute um and you sort of mentioned you know rick bonus certainly leaving the door wide open that maybe having shifley play with dubois and connor is not something that lasts for the game uh i'm not sure maybe you could give your thoughts on what it would take to have them go away from that but if they do go away from that are we finally going to see Ehlers back with Connor and Dubois? Because I think a lot of people, myself included, are surprised that they haven't given that unit a shot considering the success that they had earlier this season and the situation this team finds itself in. Yeah, it's certainly a possibility there, Huss. I think it would mean moving Shifley back to center and maybe Nemestikov just goes to the wing, I guess, and then you could move Ehlers around whichever way you decided. Mm -hmm. uh, I actually have liked Ehlers best with Nemestikov lately, so I would like that to see... I'd like to see that get a little bit longer run. I understand. I know that people want to see Ehlers with Dubois and Connor, but right now I don't think that Connor is playing at a level where that is as natural a fit as we might think. And to be honest, outside of the stretch with Ehlers and Dubois, where that line was clicking us, I've always thought that Ehlers should work with Dubois, but it hasn't led to sustained offensive success over a long period of time. And hey, I get it. Some of that is due to the fact that they weren't kept together a little bit longer. But I would imagine the next kind of flip of the, or roll of the dice where, where the Jets are looking for Yahtzee is that Niederreiter goes back with Shifley because there was some early chemistry with those two. So would it fit for Ehlers to go up top then? Yes, absolutely. But I think Rick will stick with this longer than he may be led on this morning. But in a lot of ways, Huss, it felt like he was went out of his way to say he was going to make Mark Shifley comfortable 
at a time where, where maybe Mark needs to be a little bit uncomfortable in order to bring the best out of his game. Now, I know that also is diametrically opposed, but I, I wonder if pushing, you know, this is one of the situations where you can only crack the whip so often, Huss. And yes, Rick used one of those bullets on the benching, but putting him on alert, I think might actually be helpful for Mark in this situation. And it'll also depend on how, you know, we also thought that Dubois and Connor being back together would be an automatic fix for the Jets. And that hasn't been the case uh, because Connor's not going at the level where we're used to seeing him at, and he needs to be a little bit more dangerous. Now, the one thing I would say, I think I had Connor for 10 shot attempts. It was only four shots on goal, but I think he had 10 attempts against the Sharks. So that was an important step forward for him. Now it's about him getting hot and going on one of those streaks at the end of the year where Kyle Connor has the ability, Huss, much like Mark Shifley, and you've talked about it all week. The reason why Mark Shifley is getting so much of the brunt of this discussion is because of his ability to have a positive impact on the game when he is at his best. And right now, Mark is not on his best. There's no chance he would tell you he is, and he needs to figure it out before the season is over, or else this is not just about this season, Huss. This is going to go a long way in terms of defining Mark's legacy as a member of the Winnipeg Jets, because we know that we're not sure. We're certainly not expecting it to be as long-term uh, a relationship as maybe we once did. And that's not to you know be a Debbie Downer or to say, if this doesn't happen, then this will happen. But it's hard to interpret any other way other than, if the Jets miss the playoffs, I, I don't see a scenario where Mark Scheifele is back with the Jets next next season. Do you? Oh no, no. And, and to be honest with you, I'm not sure that that hasn't that ship hasn't already sailed. I mean, I think it's pretty clear that there are some significant changes that need to be made with this club. And uh, I mean, it's pretty simple as to where you're probably starting. I, I, if for no other reason than the contract situation, um, which is obviously coming up. I mean, they don't have the same amount of runway that they would have had the last couple seasons to see how things go. Important decisions are going to need to be made. And uh, hey, listen, I'd love to be wrong. I'd love to see them all of a sudden catch fire right now and be a real problem in the playoffs and make a lot of people look dumb. Um, but this is where we are right now, heading into this game against the Detroit Red Wings. And uh, it's time for the big guys to step up. And Shifley's at the top of that list, but I'll include Pierre-Luc Dubois. I thought he was completely ineffective in the game against San Jose for the most part. Kyle Connor as well. I really liked the game that those two had in Anaheim, but I thought it got progressively um, less effective in LA and then in San Jose. And uh, I mean, you cannot have your most important highest paid players be passengers right now with the importance of this game. And uh, Kenny, it's going to be a good one tonight. Um, you and Ren fired it up after the game from the rink as well. Always. Yes, sir. Yeah, we'll be looking forward to it. Uh, as you were talking about, the, the therapy sessions will be continuing, uh, whether they're of the positive variety or having to pick people up. Uh, we're there We're there for the folks. It's been uh, very interesting. And as you know, and you're seeing with the show, Huss, um, unlike last year where there was a little bit of apathy that stuck snuck into the mix uh, for this fan base, uh, the engagement has been absolutely incredible oh. on, on, the, on the show's on everything, on the reading, uh, everything. And it's that's a testament to the fact that people care a lot and they want to see different results, I think, down the stretch run here. And 
it'll be interesting to monitor and follow because quite frankly, I wrote in my column today, us, the Jets as an organization are at an inflection point. They are getting close to some very important decisions. And unlike what we talked about on the show, Sean and Sean's theory was that if the Jets maintained their stature at the top of the central division, they may even consider running it back. I don't see the Jets running it back under any circumstance, us, whether they get into the playoffs or they miss. So that sort of, I've been describing it this way with, with my friend Jeff Merrick uh, of the Merrick show, this last seven games, Huss, it'll have a last dance feel without the six trophies, right? So this, this team knows that the end of school, it's coming. So do you want to be defined by the team that has an epic collapse or a team that at least gets in and gives themselves a chance? And that's what we'll be looking to see over this next seven game stretch. Well, I'll tell you what, you're exactly right with the passion and the engagement of fans. Um, I mean, listen, your guys' show, considering the hour that it was on at, um, was incredible <laughs> numbers. And as much as this team is completely driving me nuts, um, it's definitely been good for business <laughs> as we see the amount of people that are joining us every day and the amount of people that are finding our show and, of course, yours. Folks, after the game, Ken will finish up uh, writing for sportsnet.ca and he'll jump on with Sean Reynolds, Kenny and Rennie. Make sure you're subscribing to their channel as well and uh, jump on there after you get Sarah Orleski and the Illegal Curve crew. We saved the best for last and that's KNR live from the arena tonight. Uh, we were, oh, by the way, a belated happy birthday as well. I know you were uh, uh, on the road, but uh, you're still looking like a million U.S. tax-free, my friend. <laughs> Thanks. It's very kind to us. Uh, and, you know, another year closer to the 50-burger, but uh, we're working our way. Uh, was a great birth the day after the great fun to be covering the game got a nice dinner in and then sunday was just awesome played golf in the morning after i wrote my column at five in the morning and then went to the dodger game so it was a uh, a full meal deal if you will and it's a fun time of year got a great note from uh, our pal roger yesterday about opening day and uh, as a sports fan this is uh, one of the most you know it's a toss-up between now and you know, October, of which is actually the best time of the year. I personally prefer the hockey playoffs when baseball is starting, even though I love the baseball playoffs in October when hockey is starting. But uh, fascinating time and can't wait to see how all of these things unfold. And uh, feeling very privileged and grateful to be able to chronicle what could be some historical films moments over these next seven games here. Well, I'll tell you what. I mean, speaking of, uh, well, yeah, Raj was out there. They put 38,000 at the K yesterday. Yes, and, of course, it. the Royals roiled and uh, put up zero runs for Zach Greinke in his uh, homecoming start. Um, but, hey, Jays fans had a lot of fun. And the one thing you mentioned about April, it's Masters Week next week. And uh, start oh, of the month, we're so pumped to have Corey and the gang from Breezy Ben back on. Stay tuned. Make sure you join us on Monday. We'll be announcing... Uh, Hopefully a little Masters contest with a couple really cool prizes. But one thing I can say, you were away and the course isn't open yet, but uh, we'll have to bring you out to Breezy for a belated birthday round. I know there's nothing you love more than getting out on the yeah, golf right. course, Ken. So uh, book that, my friend. Have a great show tonight. Have an awesome weekend. And uh, I'll really look forward to our conversation next week. And we'll see how things shake out here with the Winnipeg Jets in this run for the playoffs. Again, Kenny and Rennie tonight after about an hour or so after the game. You know where to get it, folks. But if you haven't checked that out post-game, it's always great content. And uh, much like all the other digital formats, 
If you can't make it out, if you're like me, probably going out after the game, you can always watch it when you get home or when you get up the next morning, either on their YouTube channel or on the podcast. All right, uh, we got to talk ice playoffs. We got to do some marbles. We got to do cool bet lines. And for you wrestling wonks, we do have some WrestleMania odds, which I will mention a little later on. But listen, Remo got a head start on the why not question of the day for not Autocorp over the Waverly and McGilvery. And it's in the chat right now. And it is incredibly close. Podcast listeners, the simple question is to all of you, will the Winnipeg Jets make the playoffs this year? And it is basically a dead heat. It's gone back and forth between 51% on no to 51% on yes. We're approaching, oh, it's 50-50 right now. Uh, not surprised there is so many different ideas and people basically equally spread on both sides of the why not question of the day today. But uh, get your vote in in the chat if you haven't already. Will the Winnipeg Jets make the playoffs? Um, all right. Ice playoffs beginning tonight, 7 p.m. at the Ice Cave. Munzee's going to join us right away. We have to give a big shout-out to our friends at Princess Auto for their great support of Winnipeg Sports Talk. I'm actually going to be heading out and doing some shows in Toronto at the Princess Auto Players Championship in a couple weeks in that final week of the regular season once the Jets are finished their home games. Really looking forward to that. Of course, Princess Auto is the uh, place where you'll find the best deals and the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around. Everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new is at Princess Auto. Pop by and see them at Panet Road or Portage Avenue West locations in Winnipeg or shop online 24-7, 365 at princessauto.com. A big thanks to the Culligan Water folks for the great support of Winnipeg Sports Talk over the last couple of years. Over 65 years in business as a family-owned, the go-to folks for all things water and water services in Winnipeg with softeners, filters, bottled water coolers, whole home systems and drinking water systems, not to mention citywide water delivery services and commercial and industrial water products and solutions. See them at 1200 Sergeant Avenue. You can give them a call at 694-5180 and you can find out everything Culligan can do for you online at drinkculligan.com. And hey, the weekend is here. Um, spring isn't quite here. It's going to be a minute before we're back at IG Field enjoying those Canadian Club and Ginger Ales. But for you that uh, all of you that enjoyed or tried it last year, or if you haven't, CC and Ginger Ale pre-mixed cocktails now available in 473 milliliter cans. You can pick those up at your local Manitoba Liquor Marts or at your favorite beer vendor. Take a look. If you don't see it, ask for it. Should be there. Uh, and of course, with the weekend here and the end of the month, cheers to April and getting rid of this snow might be a great time to pop into your local Manitoba Liquor Marts and grabbing the official spirit of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and Winnipeg Sports Talk Canada's favorite Canadian whiskey, Canadian Club. All right, cool bet lines coming up. Marbles before 3 p.m. But right now, let's head out to the U of M and get ready for tonight's game one between the ice and the Medicine Hat Tigers with our pal Brian Munz. Munzee, how are you? I'm good, Huss. It's finally here. Uh, you're right. It's been a countdown for the last, I would say, three weeks. Like We knew this team was going to be in the playoffs a long time ago. But when we finally got, you know, right here into the month of uh, month of March, it was like, all right, let's fast forward and get to the 31st. And here we are. So it's good. Everybody's excited for sure. Well, you know, just before we get to tonight, I mean, what a season that this team has had. 57 10 
0-1. A second consecutive regular season championship for the ice. Uh, We know it's all about the playoffs right now, but um, how much fun has it been for you just watching this team night in and night out do what they've been able to do as we get into the most important time of the year? Yeah, it's been pretty cool to watch the development all the way through. And probably the biggest thing that a lot of people don't realize is how good the team was last year. And then obviously losing in the Eastern Conference Championship to the Edmonton Oil Kings, like half their roster has been revamped. Like it's not like all 17 out of 20 guys and you only lost three 20-year-olds last year in Nolan Orzak, Cole Muir, and Jake and Smallwood. Like they've moved a lot of different pieces around and, you know, Matt Cockle and Jake Heisinger kind of found the pieces they felt they needed to augment kind of what was here. And then as the year went on, something maybe they didn't feel was 100% right kind of tweaked again once they got to the deadline. Obviously, adding some key pieces in uh, really got this club, I would say, to the next level. So it's been uh, kind of fun to watch from behind the scenes the maturation of this team all the way through. And, and again, now we'll see how it plays out here, hopefully over the next couple of months. Well, and, and you know what, I mean, just part of that, I got to ask you about Zach Benson right off the hop, and we had a great chat with him a few weeks ago. Um, we're yeah. going to be talking a lot about him post-playoffs because he will be a top NHL draft prospect, and we know he's going to go early on in Nashville in round number one. Um, but from your perspective, watching him every night, night in and night out, tell us about how he's grown as a player and obviously being the leading scorer on this team and not yet drafted the uh, – contributions he's made on that monster top line well we're going to hear his name early in nashville coming up this summer there's no question about that when the nhl draft comes the thing i like about zach benson like he reminds me a little bit of a young nikolai ehlers when he came into the jets like he could do everything at this level like there was no stopping him and he's little right like so it's not like he's going to jump into the nhl next year and dominate Like there's a long process here for these players to go and to continue to make that jump to the best league in the world. And, and Zach knows that, but he loves the game so much that that's the thing that stands out for me right now is, uh, you know, there's really nothing else that matters for, for Zach Benson. And hopefully we'll see him back in the lineup here at some point in the near future and uh, get the scouts a chance to watch him again, because everybody's been clamoring since he's been out of the lineup here as to, uh, when he's going to get back and you know rightfully so everybody talks about Connor Bedard and the year that he had with Regina but for me Zach Benson's right there and he's a franchise player there's going to be an NHL club that's going to watch this kid come into their team and then uh, take them over the hump both on and off the ice because as good of a player as he is he's uh, a great person as well and he's a home run you know you mentioned Bedard and I mean, listen, what a phenomenal season he's had. He's going to go number one overall in the draft and, um, you know, is deserving the hype that he's earned. But what was it like from your perspective watching Zach? Was it a little different when they went up against Regina this season, knowing that um, the guy that everyone in this draft is measured against was on the other side of the ice? Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, The one game we saw him play against Andrew Crystal and Kelowna as well. The, The cool thing about it, is all the kids in this year's draft class, like the ones we're talking about a lot from the West, all grew up together in the lower mainland. So they all know each other. Like I would talk to Zach and, and I'll be honest, watching the whole Connor Bedard thing kind of play out throughout the year. The biggest thing for me is how Connor's handled it. Like I've had a chance to talk to him a few times. And to be honest, I didn't really go to him every time we played Regina saying, Hey, I need you three minutes for the pregame show. 
because I would talk to Dante DiCario, who does my job with the Pats, and how Matt Savoy and Carson Lambos and Connor Geeky have been flooded with media requests, Zach Benson now this year, James Patrick, our head coach. Like I, I get it from behind the scenes now, being on the other side of a little bit. But, uh, you know, there were some morning skates in that where we'd cross paths and say hello. And I guess from my previous job uh, calling Jets games, he knew who I was. So there was that little bit of a mutual, hey, how are you? Good. And, you know, it wasn't a whole introduction thing. So it was uh, it was neat to watch him develop all season long. But uh, the circus that was there was uh, definitely a big one. And, and I'm happy for him that they got into the playoffs now because, you know, as much as, as the talk about, Connor Bedard mania is there. Now everybody gets a chance to watch him on the ice. That's going to be a great series between Regina and Saskatoon. And to see 15,000 people in Saskatoon to watch those first couple of games coming up here starting tonight is uh, going to be neat. Well, and we'll talk about the potential of what could be afterwards. But obviously, first things first, the Winnipeg Ice have to worry about the Medicine Hat Tigers. But as far as this ice yeah. team goes heading into tonight, um. I mean, anytime that, you know, I've been out to the games and paying attention to what's happening, even on the road as well. I mean, it's impossible not to focus in on the dominance of that Winnipeg ice top line. I mean, just for fans that maybe haven't seen them, fill us in on what's coming. Well, you know what? I think the biggest thing for the Winnipeg ice coming into the playoffs is it's not just one line. Like they've legitimately got three number one lines that are in their top nine and then even forwards 10 11 and 12 if you want to look at them just on a depth chart and Huss you know it's the playoffs so we're not going to get into the lineups too deep here right now here today but uh, for everybody coming out that's going to watch these guys when you look at down the middle that's the thing that stands out right now is and pick the order you want to go you've got Matt Savoy you've got Zach Ostopchuk and you've got Connor Geeky right you've got a ninth overall pick by the Buffalo Sabres, an 11th overall pick by the Arizona Coyotes. And you've got an Ottawa Senators draft pick that just won two gold medals with Canada at the World Junior Hockey Championships. So when Matt and Jake were able to bring Zach into that fold right there to be able to go one, two, three all the way through, that is legitimately just something that other teams in the Eastern Conference don't have. So that right now stands out for me as probably the difference for Winnipeg. But again, when you get into these games, I'm sure Willie Desjardins is going to have a game plan and try and maybe match up his top four defense. But still, when then when you get to the, the 3A line, if you want to look at it, who do they go up against? So that for me is, you know, what kind of sets the Winnipeg ice apart right now is, is their depth at forward. Yeah, easier said than done than matching up against what James Patrick has to throw over the boards. Um, but you brought yeah. up Zach Stapchuk. That was the huge, I mean, this was a home run swing at the deadline. Uh, it, it almost felt like the NHL trade deadline in the East with the arms race that was happening. Um, but tell us a little bit about now that he's fit in and you know, kind of gotten settled with the ice, the difference that he's made to the club. And obviously this trade wasn't made for the rest of the regular season. This trade was made for the playoffs and uh, what the hopes are that a Stapchuk can do to help get this team over the top. To me, Zach Ostopchuk has turned himself into an NHL player in the last five to six weeks, right? Like for everybody coming into a new scenario, you're trying to figure out what your role is, how the team operates, what's it like in the city, how, you know, navigating everything that when you talk about whatever level of hockey you're playing in, when a player moves, there's a lot to adjust to. But 
again, for me, kind of that mid-February mark, I think Zach really found a month in because it was the trade deadline and, you know, got through winning gold again at World Juniors and just kind of navigating all that and just kind of getting himself, you know, look now that, okay, I'm a member of the Winnipeg Ice. To me, he's he's at a next level. And, uh, you know, I, I, I truly believe he's going to play for the Ottawa Senators next year. I think he's there. I think for me right now, for all the players that I've seen in the WHL, Zach Ostopchuk right now is the closest guy that's ready to make that jump. If if the Senators were to make a call and say, hey, we need somebody at present, he would be the guy that would go. He's got the frame. He's got that bite. I didn't know he, he kind of had that little, I don't want to say flip of the switch or that edge, but uh, when when we kind of got into February here, he's got that bite now that he doesn't take anything. Let's put it that way. He he pushes back, he's dropped the gloves a couple times. Um, he's ready. And obviously it's a great time of the year for that because that's what it takes to be successful. And I think that's one thing that as a group, the ice learned playing last year against the Oil Kings was, you know, they had some men that have jumped this year to play in the NHL. And uh, you could say that was probably the difference last year. Well, uh, you know, and it's easy for us to focus in on that star-studded forward group with the ice. Um, but I did want to ask you about the blue line. Of course, Captain Carson mm-hmm. Lambos, a Minnesota first-rounder, had another real solid year. We had a great conversation with Ben Zlotti, who has been, I mean, offensively, um, well, the best in the league, a first-team all-star. Yeah, and then won. rookie of the year for the club, Jonas Wu, who's playing big minutes as a 16-year-old. Um, listen a little bit on how this blue line shapes up and and maybe the experience that the majority of these players got from last year's playoff run and uh, how that can help the guys. They're going to be eating up big minutes for James on the blue line. Yeah, I think experience is the key for that. And I, th- I think it was for all of us, right? Because, you know, this team had been building for the last few years when they went into the bubble, they had Peyton Krebs. And then, you know, the playoffs got taken away for pretty much two years, right? With COVID and kind of everything else that uh, the whole world dealt with. So when you hit the reset button and you get to playoffs, everybody was just kind of figuring out what it was all about. It's a totally different grind than the regular season. Now, I will say based on geography i think it does help winnipeg now at this time of the year because everywhere we go is minimum two and a half hours down the highway to brandon and then beyond so they're used to being on the bus so whether it's medicine hat near in round one or you know not looking ahead to rounds two three and four but if you're one of those teams that's based in southern alberta or the middle of saskatchewan you're you're not on the old iron lung as as much as winnipeg has been over the last few years. So I think that helps them at this point, but going back to what you alluded to Huss, with the defensive side of things for Lambos, for Zelotti, they've got another year under their belt. They understand they're going to be going up against the best all the way through. Uh, ben was the best offensive defenseman this year, statistically, but his defensive game is growing a lot. And I think as a 20 year old, he's understood that now too, that if he's going to be out there playing that shutdown role with Carson or, with Graham Swarter, they brought in from the Spokane Chiefs, a Nashville Predators draft pick. Those are their three guys that are going to have to log a lot of those heavy minutes. But, you know, Jonas Wu played every playoff game last year. And then, you know, Carter Prasovsky is back with the team. He's a veteran guy. Wyatt Wilson's getting close to being able to go here. So they've got, you know, those five guys that can carry the mail on the back. And then you sprinkle in the young guys here that have got some valuable time this season because of injuries and learning what uh, WHL hockey is all about, that 
I don't think there's a big concern if you've got to go deep into the roster here that, uh, you know, guys are unable to play at this time of the year, which is so important. And as far as the last line of defense, Munzee, I don't think there's much doubt who's going to be getting the call uh, tonight and going forward. I mean, well, what a season for Daniel Hauser. All this guy does is put up wins. He wins. Like, I don't know what else you can say about Daniel Hauser. For for me, he is the best goaltender in the Western Hockey League. And I know there's others that are going to say, well, a couple other guys maybe had more wins or they played more games. But when you look at the body of work for Daniel Hauser, I'm just looking at his career games. He's played 90 in the WHL over the last three years. He's 78, seven and three with a 914 save percentage and 10 shutouts goals against sits at 2.23. And of those seven and okay. So here's the guy that's wearing the logo right now. I'll fully admit this of, of the seven games that he lost probably shouldn't have lost three of those. So he should be around 80 and four, but <laughs> But like again, he's he's not a big guy. Like he's not Mason Bullpit, who's six foot six, drafted by San Jose. And boy, that's a big ad when you look at Winnipeg for the one-two punch going down. Because is Hauser going to be able to go every game for the next two months? Well, you hope so. But if they decide to give him a break for some reason, or something goes awry where he needs a chance to hit the reset button, you've got a proven guy in Spokane that's been able to win 40 games in his career over the last couple of seasons as well. But, you know, Daniel Hauser for me is a UC Soros. He's a Jonathan quick, like he's a smaller guy, but he wins. So if you're at this point of the year, you want to win. Uh, and it he is gives all, you a chance to do it every night. Yeah, it's all about winning right now for the uh, for the Winnipeg guys looking for four in a best of seven against Medicine Hat. Uh, just before we talk about the path in this first round matchup, Yep. Um, it's easy for me to talk about Benson and Savoy and Zlotty and Lambos and the big guys in, in net, but we all know playoff hockey is about a full, full unit, and there's often some playoff heroes that might not get the attention that others do on the regular season. Is there a player or two, Munzee, that we haven't talked about that you think is going to be uh, particularly impactful come playoff hockey, which, of course, begins tonight? I think a guy like Owen Peterson could be a game changer. Obviously, he's now 21 years old, just turned 21 here this uh, past 10 days or so. Went to Nashville camp and kind of like Ben Zelotti, and you and I were talking about this a little bit off air before we came uh, onto the program here today. When these players have a chance to go at 19 and 20 to free agent camps, and we've seen it here with the Jets for a number of years, when you go watch the drafted players and then they bring in some players to – I don't want to say round out camp, but to give a look at that weren't drafted at, at 17 or 18 that have been able to develop for a few more years. I think being six foot three, 200 plus pounds and learning last year against the oil Kings, I think Owen Peterson could be uh, a playoff performer here. That could be more of a household name as we continue here over the next few weeks. I think bringing a guy like uh, Easton Armstrong in from Regina, who's Derek Armstrong's son, another player again, that's, six foot three, six foot four, 200 plus pounds. Like Winnipeg got bigger. And that to me was, um, you know, an area here that they've really focused on during the playoffs to be able to survive four five, six, seven games over a two week span. You're playing every second night travel included that uh, is important. So, you know, there, there's a ton of guys on this roster that I could mention, you know, Evan Friesen's had a terrific year. The only player on this club, he's a Winnipeg kid that played all 68 regular season games. 
you're going to need that kind of bottom half of your forward group to, to make an impression. Uh, and I imagine uh, Ty Nash, who people might know as the son of Tyson Nash. Uh, yes. Uh, I mean, Nash was a bleep disturber throughout his uh, entire NHL <laughs> career. And it sounds like the kid's a bit of a chip off the old block. And uh, it seems like he's perfectly suited to help a team come down at the most important part of the year. 100%. Yeah. And we never talked about really Connor McLennan. Now, I know he's a top end player that maybe doesn't get the highlights because he wasn't a first round draft pick and hasn't won a gold medal at World Juniors. But uh, you give him the puck and it's off his stick in the back of the net in a hurry. So, again, th- this team is built for now. And I think that's what's most exciting for everybody is uh, this is kind of a, a once in a decade kind of thing where junior hockey is cyclical and you're kind of right now Winnipeg's right at the top there to uh, to make some noise. So we invite everybody to come out and join us. Well, of course, you know, last year that great run maybe was a little ahead of schedule, but yeah. this is the year for the Winnipeg Ice. It starts tonight at the Ice Cave at 7. Um, listen, the Ice, of course, you know, you win the league two back-to-back years, you're going to be a significant favorite, but this is not going to be um, an easy road for the Winnipeg Ice. Fill us in on the uh, challenge of the Medicine Hat Tigers when we drop the puck this evening. Well, I think it starts with their coach. Obviously, everybody knows who Willie Desjardins is if you're an NHL coach because he's got that NHL experience under his belt and and he's a staple in that Tigers franchise before he went to the NHL and, and coming back. And James Patrick has used this phrase numerous times over the last week since we found out on Saturday night when Medicine Hat was able to beat Swift Current and get in by a single point over the Broncos that this is an improved team. They've got nothing to lose. They're the number eight seed. It reminds me back in 06 when I was in Edmonton of uh, Oilers and Detroit Red Wings. And lo and behold, Detroit's in town here to play the Jets tonight. Um, You know, you can't take anything for granted at this time of the year. They've got a lot of really good players led by Drew Krebs, who's a Washington Capitals pick on the back end. It's Peyton's brother. Uh, Oasis Weisblatt is going to be one that everybody in Winnipeg is going to know who he is here in the first five minutes of the game. He's a smaller statured guy. He's kind of your Theron Fleury uh, throwback guy from Alberta. Um, but again, like they've got, they're a group. I, I think to me, that's the best way to describe the Medicine Hat Tigers is they don't have one legitimate star. Now I'm going to asterisk that statement because I am going to talk about one guy here in a second, but all the way through, they've just kind of built their team and they just kind of roll it all the way through. Now in the last couple of weeks, They've added Gavin McKenna. And Gavin McKenna was the first overall pick in the WHL Prospects draft this past year, taken first overall. He's 15 years old. He's Connor Bedard's cousin. He's above six feet tall already. And in uh, 16 games, he kind of played sporadically throughout the year. And then in the last five or six here, when his team was wrapped up in, uh, in AAA hockey in Alberta, he was averaging over a point per game. So if you're coming into the building tonight, or tomorrow for game two coming up at six or any time during the series. Number 72 is uh, somebody that people will be talking about for the next few years. Well, that's a, a great tip on a player to look out on the other side. But, of course, uh, the home fans will be looking at the uh, home team, the Winnipeg Ice regular season champions, now looking to uh, get win number one 
looking to make it 16 through the Western Con- or Western Hockey League playoffs tonight against Medicine Hat. So, Munzee, tonight's 7 p.m., tomorrow, 6 o'clock p.m., game one and two. You can get your tickets at the ICE website. I've actually got a tweet up on my Twitter feed with a uh, little promo code for a 10% discount if you want to take advantage of that, folks. Um, fill us in on this path, the series, and the schedule for the Medicine Hat series. Yeah, so games one and two, obviously tonight and tomorrow coming up inside the ice cave. You alluded to it, uh, winnipegice.ca. Come join us. It's going to be fantastic. And, you know, the players, because they're so young, it's neat to talk to them after the games. And, you know, the last handful of games here, the, the atmosphere all season long has been tremendous. But to have the game even bumped up tomorrow to 6 p.m. makes a difference for for the young families, for the groups to be able to come out. You're home by 830 Tomorrow night on a Saturday or, you know, it's Friday. It's spring break right now. My kid's off school. I know all the kids are looking for something to do. And mom and dad are probably looking forward to getting them out of the house after a week uh, of entertaining. So it's the place to be coming up this weekend. And then uh, we'll jump on the bus Sunday morning. We'll make our way to Southern Alberta, play games two and three coming up on Tuesday and Wednesday. You can watch the game on the WHL website. There's uh, a little icon up there in the left corner, WHL TV. And then uh, we come back here for game five on uh, Saturday at uh, two in the afternoon. And then the schedule continues after that for uh, game six and seven. So should be a ton of fun and can't wait. It's finally here. Hey, listen, not to get ahead of ourselves, um, but uh, if the ice do kind of continue moving on, you mentioned the travel and how much time this team spends on the bus. Uh is it 2-2-1-1-1 throughout the playoffs, or at what point would it go to 2-3-2, two, two, or how do they determine that? Because I can't imagine a 1-1-1 one, one, one series playing against like a Vancouver or a Seattle would be very easy for either team to handle. Yeah, that's mutually agreed upon between the teams, okay. and uh, and the league works with each other too. So, again, who Winnipeg plays, if they can hopefully get there into the second round, then uh, they'll kind of cross that bridge when they come with it. But, uh, you know, it is intriguing. You talk about the schedule. And, uh, you know, we only kind of talked about the first five games here. And I'll just pull it up in front of me here. So next Saturday, April 8th, would be game five at 2 o'clock here inside the ice cave. If it goes to game six, it's the next night back in Medicine Hat at 8 o'clock. Just the way the calendar works out. And then game seven would come back here on Tuesday, April 11th. So there would be a lot of hockey. There'd be a lot of mileage uh, for for the back end of the series. Yeah, well, we'll worry about six and seven later on. It's all about yeah. game one and two this weekend, seven o'clock tonight, six o'clock Saturday night, ice cave, pack that Max Bell Center, and uh, let's uh, get behind the ice at the uh, start of a very exciting and hopefully long playoff run. Munzee, all the best to the fellas and uh, to you and everyone at the organization. Thanks for doing this. And uh, here's to many visits with you over the course of the next couple months, talking about a great playoff run for the Winnipeg Ice. Look forward to it, Huss. Thanks for the time. Appreciate it. All right, good stuff with Munzee. Cannot wait to get out to the ice cave and see some of these playoff games. 7 p.m. tonight, 6 p.m. tomorrow. And uh, I do believe you can use the promo code RALLY for a 10% discount off tickets. I got a link on uh, my Twitter from, I think, yesterday for all of that. And I hope to see some of you guys out at the game as well. All right. Marvel's registration is open right now. If you've just been watching and you haven't had the chat open, get into the chat now. Put an exclamation mark, Marbles, and we will get to the Marble Race coming up in just a couple of minutes. 
once again, a big king. And I think we're going to have marbles today for the sports rabbis and the Niners, the co-champions of Winnipeg Sports Talk Sports Trivia Wednesday night at Little Brown Jug. Thanks again to everyone that came out. Man, that was an awesome time. Looking forward to doing it again and some other fun group outings for WST years coming up this uh, spring and summer. Stay tuned for all of that. And uh, one of the other things that was great about heading out to Little Brown Jug was uh, getting to try the new generic lager that was seemingly on uh, everybody's tables. It's uh, brand new, just launched. Your basic lager just better. Impressively standard in the best way. Light and clean to taste with a mellow flavor and crisp finish. Now Manitoba can support local without having to move away from the domestic taste they've come to expect with a light beer. Rima's was going through some of the uh, uh, pictures from the event. And, of course, if you haven't been down to Little Brown Jug, A, join us next time we do one of these events. But in the meantime, head on down there, try Winnipeg's best beer, and uh, enjoy it at the uh, place where it all happens, the brewery and tap room over on William Avenue. Um, but if you're not heading downtown, look for Little Brown Jug the next time you're picking up beer at your favorite vendor or a liquor store. And a big shout-out to Nick and Nikki DQ for their great support of Winnipeg Sports Talk. We're starting to get into ice cream season, although, as we all know, it's blizzard season 12 months a year in and around these parts. If we can eat that, drink that many Slurpees, we sure as heck can crush blizzards 12 months a year, and we love doing it. Uh, maybe, our mo- maybe the most popular WST sponsor to support because, uh, of course, it means you're getting a blizzard. Maybe one of those amazing stack burgers. Pop down and see them. Four locations, DQ Northgate, DQ Polo Park, DQ St. Anne's, as well as the DQ in Niverville. Tell them your boys at Winnipeg Sports Talk sent you. And if you need a DQ ice cream cake or blizzard cake, you can uh, hit them up on Instagram at DQ Manitoba. Send them a pic. Let them know what you want on it for a quick and easy pickup at any of the four Nick and Nikki DQs. All right, Remote, we'll give uh, kind of a little bit of a last call there for Marbles. And let's get over to the cool bet lines. Uh, Busy night tonight in the National Hockey League. And, of course, the big one is right here in Winnipeg with the Detroit Red Wings coming off that last-second win over the Canes last night, playing against our Winnipeg Jets. Jets minus 243 favorites right now. The Wings plus 200. No confirmed goalie yet, but uh, we expect that uh, Magnus Helberg is going to get the start Sub-900 save percentage, second night of back-to-backs. This is the one that we know the Winnipeg Jets have to have. You can check out goal and point props for all the Winnipeg Jets as well by clicking on the game for some extra options. Other games tonight, Rangers and Sabres. The Rangers are minus 149 road favorite. Dallas and the Arizona Coyotes. Dallas minus 121 on the road. And the game that we'll all be paying attention to after Jets-Red Wings tonight is out on the West Coast. Go Canucks, go Vancouver, a plus 113 favorite, or plus 113 home underdog at home against the Calgary Flames. And just to see, not that I will personally bet this because the Jets are on the suspended list and whenever I bet them, they don't win. Uh, But a, a, a perfect scenario for Jet fans tonight is a Winnipeg win and a Vancouver win. And if you parlay those together, Plus 201, so 2-1 two to one on a Jets-Canucks combo for tonight's game. Uh, we get to do this twice a year. Kabilis is in chat. I know a few of you others are appreciative of sports entertainment. And the Royal Rumble, 
I guess sometimes SummerSlam, definitely WrestleMania, is when you can find some odds on the matches coming up. And it is WrestleMania weekend tonight. We do have some WrestleMania odds. Here they are. Rey Mysterio going up against his son, Dominic. The old man, a plus 150 underdog. Dominic Mysterio, minus 213. Brock Lesnar is a massive favorite against the giant Omos. Lesnar minus 833. Omos plus 435. Edge, even money against Finn Balor, who's a minus 139 favorite. Seth Rollins is a minus 200 favorite against influencer extraordinaire Logan Paul. Um, oh, there's a four-way tag team match showcase. Uh, Braun Strowman and Rico Ricochet, the favorites at even money. Viking Raiders plus 135. Street Profits plus 175. And my personal favorite's the Alpha Academy at 14 to 1. That doesn't make any sense. Good value, I would say, on the Alpha Academy. Come on. Um, other matches that you might be interested in. Raw Women's Championship, Bianca Belair, minus 139 favorite. Asuka, even money. Charlotte Flair going up against Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley, wow, big favorite, minus 556. Charlotte Flair, plus 330. The undisputed Universal Championship, Cody Rhodes is the favorite. Up against longtime champ Roman Reigns. And the undisputed tag team championship, the Canadians, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, a massive favorite against the uh, longest reigning champs ever, the Usos. And our guy, John Cena, back in the ring, one night only, plus 220 against Austin Theory, who's minus 330. It's all there. You just have to click on more sports. Go all the way to the bottom for World Wrestling Entertainment. If you want to throw a little sprinkle, low limits for obvious reasons, on professional wrestling, but it actually is there. Cool bet. And if you haven't played a cool bet before, use the promo code WST for the uh, for a 100% bonus up to 200 bucks on your first deposit. Big thanks to the cool bet guys for the support of Winnipeg Sports Talk. Uh, all right, Remo, I think it's just about marbles time. Yeah, just about. I just want to point out, um, I'm not sure if you notice what's going on in the chat here. It's kind of funny. Vinny popped in and gave a $2 super chat and said, let's go Red Wings in all capitals. Then MC Stormy clapped back with another super chat and said, go Jets, go Vinny. And then Vinny came back with an even bigger super chat and said, let's go Red Wings. Then Rob Kane said, go beer, go with a, with a nice super chat. Thank you, Rob. MC Stormy then again said, no, no Vinny, go Jets, go. With another super chat, and so did SK. <laughs> said, go Jets, go. Go bye-bye, Vinny. Travis gifted a membership. Thank you, Travis. And Merle Peters says, go Baron, go. We're all big Morgan Baron fans. So yes, thank a lot you, of Merle. A lot of fun in the super chat, and a lot of comments come out when um, betting on sports entertainment. Oh, and for sure. They're like, <laughs> I guess, like, well, it's pre you can bet on it. It's predetermined. We're like, yeah, but you can still bet on it. Like, we don't know. We don't know I mean, yet. We don't know what's going to happen. Like, and what's your what's your point here? I don't know. You've never bet on yeah. who shot Mr. Burns in The Simpsons or The Sopranos Yeah, I mean, you can bet on the finale. Oscars. You can yeah, you bet, bet on, on elections. The... I mean, yeah, this is just the same sort of thing. As I said, I don't think you're going to be able to put 10K down on the, uh, no, it's on the Raw Women's Championship game or anything like that. But, uh, hey, if you want to do it, 
I'm working out through. I was not able to do a three-match parlay, but I could do a two-match parlay. So, anyways, we'll we'll put a few together. I've had some good luck on that. I gave you Edge to win the Royal Rumble two years ago at six to one. That came through. A couple of other good ones. I'll peruse the lines. Maybe I'll do a tweet about it coming up on Saturday before everything gets going. Again, two-night events, Saturday night and Sunday. And I know the SmackDown tonight will be a big one as well. Hit your PVRs for that one, wrestling fans, if you want to check it out before everything goes down. Uh, thanks again for all the Super Chats. And it is funny that Rob Kane dropped in Go Beer Go because Rob um, is known to maybe enjoy a beer, but he was the guy throwing Jagermeister shots at us on Thursday night after the big event over at Little Brown Jug when I uh, bumped into him on the town. Rob, thanks so much for your support of WST. Uh, all right, we got to get to some marbles here before we're finishing up. We've got some marbles to add. Um, Remo, let me know when you're ready to do this. You can get things set up, and then we can make sure we've got all the other marbles. But I, I'm I'm announcing that I am in the marble race today. I need a marble. <laughs> I haven't had one in a while. I, uh, But I, I, I'm in today. I'm declaring my candidacy for marbles race champion. We'll see if I can do it today. We're also going to put one in for Remus's shower, which saved the show yesterday. Oh, yeah. And by the way, by the way, and I know waiters had fake news and said that 94% of shows have a mute issue. It's definitely not that. But today has been a clean sheet. And uh, we're going to have to put up stats for you. This is basically, and I don't want to say it yet, but uh, a no-mute show is the equivalent of a shutout. So um, well, we're gonna get low... these stats up and go for a uh, go for a, go for a no, best. That's trophy. a low. That's a low bar. No mute show. That's not equal to a show. You're gonna have like a exceptional performance. And uh, I'm just getting annoyed that I keep doing the same thing after these clips. Because I talk to you, you know, I tell you when the clip is you know winding down, so I have to mute myself. Then I forget to unmute myself when I come back. I don't know why I don't do them at the same time, yours and mine, but that's just what Oh, happens. Vinny's back in. Vinny's back in with another super chat. And by the way, he's not a plant. We did not orchestrate this. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, but Vinny, appreciate it. He goes, let's go Red Wings. What's your cup count? Uh, obviously, we're not counting cups here. We need a win tonight, Vinny. And I, I originally thought that Vinny was maybe a Calgary fan or a Predators fan that found us, but uh, it sounds like, no, he's just a passionate Red Wings fan. And I'll tell you what, good for you, Vinny, being that fired up for the Red Wings after the last few seasons that you guys have had. You were spoiled for a long time. You had those cups. You had 21 straight years in the playoffs, and now it's been sort of lean. That being said, I think there's uh, some good things coming ahead for uh, the Red Wings overall as an organization. Oh, we just hope that that ain't tonight. So uh, anyways, thanks, Vinny, for popping in. We do appreciate those super chats. Even if you're trolling everyone, uh, we do appreciate the support. All right, let's he, get he this did, going. Yeah, he did ask, what's your cup count? Did you see that? Yeah, I did see with cup count. Well, we've got a few Avco cups. How many yeah. do you have, Vinny? <laughs> what oh, no Avco cup? cups? Jeez, <laughs> yeah. You got great cup as well. How many great cups do you have, Vinny? Detroit. Oh, I think, well, there's two Winnipeg, one Detroit. We win two to one on account of our AFCO cups and our great cups. And who knows? Maybe we'll have a Memorial Cup as well. Don't forget ice tonight and tomorrow, kicking off that playoff run down at the ice cave. And um, I mean, we could probably get to the game tomorrow. Obviously, I'm going to the game tonight downtown with uh, the season on the line against Vinny's Detroit Red Wings. Um 
but it should be a lot of fun. And then we're right back down to Canada Life Center on Sunday night for the New Jersey Devils, which is going to be another huge, huge game for the club. All right, Remote, let's add in. Are you ready to add these uh, these names in? Sure. All right. I'm, re- I'm ready because I fire so, up the marble so machine. we got to give uh, marbles to the sports rabbis. Yes. And the Niners. Yes. For their uh, their tie for the big sports trivia win the other day. Okay. Uh, I know you wanted to give one for the eye roll. The eye roll is in. It's just in as the eye roll. That's all it is. Uh, eye roll. Okay, perfect. Brady Oliveira, who yeah. was on with us this week. He's getting a marble. The champ, the boss of Bass, our guy Gussie. Gussie definitely gets one in. Uh, and let's give one for the Winnipeg Ice. I was going to say Ben Zlotti for coming on, but I think we need to give the Ice as a team one because they are starting the playoffs. And no player would want to put themselves ahead of everyone else. It's a team game in the postseason. So we're just going one for the Winnipeg Ice. Uh, we've got to give one to Ken. It was his birthday. He did join us today. And uh, as I said, I would like a marble as well because I'd like to throw my hat in the ring for today's marble race on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Yeah, so I'm enjoying reading the chat. Jeff Cabela says generic lager needs a marble. <laughs> I don't know if we'll, we can give a beer a marble, but uh, yes. No, when I, you win, when you win the marble race, you race out and get a rack of generic lager and uh, and enjoy. Might have a couple before the game for, for the game tonight. As a matter of fact, we'll see. I was going to actually bring out a generic lager right now and crack one for the marble race, mm. but this is going to be a long, long night. I don't want to get started too too early, so <laughs> we'll just keep it Diet Pepsi until maybe closer to the uh, closer to the game. Yeah, well, and we'll have to wait and see like how the game goes too. Listen, there's either going to be some celebratory beers afterwards yeah. <laughs> or there's going to be some drowning of sorrows afterwards. Oh. Hey, Vinny, now there's something we can agree on. Yeah. Vinny with another super chat. Let's go Rucker McGrory. Go blue. Rucker is the future around here. Probably the most popular draft pick we've had ever uh, from coming on the program. Love Rucker and uh, Frozen 4 coming up next weekend. We'll definitely do a segment on that uh, with the uh, Michigan Wolverines, one of those four teams playing for the NCAA championship. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, seeing that. I saw the Hobie Baker, some a couple of his teammates. Or, I don't know, was Fantilli in there? Nominee. We'll see what happens. Yep. You know, I think of Hobie Baker and I think of Kyle Connor losing it to Jimmy VC. Uh, so we'll see. Kyle what Connor, another Michigan alum, he got screwed at every. I mean, he never got invited for the World Junior Team. Yep. He got overlooked for the. Hobie Baker. Uh, for the Hobie Baker. Uh, it doesn't really make Bruins sense. three times. Yeah, well, <laughs> thank God for that. Because uh, <laughs> ju- the Jets jumped on him as soon as he was there. Uh, and, man, we could use a big game and a few red yeah. lights lit by Kyle Connor tonight in this game against the Detroit Red Wings. Yeah, and oof, there's MC Stormy with another Super Jets, his rugged yes. McGroherty. And Vinny <laughs> says, not a plant. not Definitely not a plant. And then there's another comment here. Hold on. Oh, yeah, that someone said should we could put in a marble for Andrew Kopp, another Michigan guy who's going to be returning home for the first time for a video tribute tonight. I can't wait to see the ovation he's going to get. I think it'll be pretty solid, right? Oh, yeah. Listen, Kopp was, uh, Kopp was a great Jet, man. He, uh, and he earned his opportunity to go to free agency. I think there was a possibility that the Jets could assign him. They made different decisions, and uh, – you know, Winnipeg's loss in a lot of ways is uh, is Detroit's gain. 
That being said, I thought they made out pretty good considering the circumstances last year with the trade of Andrew Kopp, and that is the reason why the Winnipeg Jets have uh, Brad Lambert as well in the fold with that extra pick they got from the New York Rangers after the Rangers went to the conference final. Um, all right, we've got the marbles in. Uh, I guess one thing we have to do is welcome Tristan Rivers' music in for a little marbles theme song on a Friday afternoon before we get going on this one. It's Friday, another week of words gone by. The incomparable Tristan Rivers music with the ACDC version of the Marbles theme. Uh, just phenomenal work from Tristan. What a great dude he is. We'll have to get Tristan out for the next sports trivia night along with Candace uh, for all the help that they've done uh, done with us. And Schickster, I know we're into week three. I should have done maybe some footy odds for the weekend. We'll get to that next week. I'm still too rattled as to how bad the uh, Adelaide Crows got smacked last week. When I made a little wager on them, so um, we'll, uh, we'll we will get to the footy very soon. Too much hockey to talk about, and of course, it's WrestleMania weekend, so that's where I went with the cool bet odds. All right, Remo, how many marbles, and where are we going? Yeah, I got to pick one here. I was going to say I went for ACDC. Did you hear about this Power Trip concert at uh, where they hold Coachella? That's no, October six, seven, eight. Listen to this. I'm I want to. That's why I played ACDC for just one sec. But. This is this is it. We got Friday night, Guns N' Roses and Iron Maiden. What? Saturday, ACDC, Ozzy Osbourne. Sunday, Metallica and Tool at uh, just outside Palm Springs there in Indio, California. Wow. Yeah, pretty. That is heavy. That's a heavy show right there, man. Okay, just think about how different the crowd is going to be <laughs> compared to like Coachella years ago. and the Power Trip Festival. A well, a couple of years ago, they had like old cello. I think it was uh, who was it like I forget it was Paul McCartney, like Rolling Stones, like that, and now and like Neil Young. I think I forget what it was, but this is like the '80s heavy metal and Tool uh, squeezed in there too. So uh, that's I pretty. That's a pretty wild show. Although everyone's kind of getting up there, and you know, I think Iron Maiden's close to done. Ozzy's not really touring anymore. So the show like, the show begins at 2 p.m. It ends at eight, just so yeah. everyone get back and be in bed in time. Exactly. <laughs> Namely, the performers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. So I had to throw that in there. I was texting my friends like, "Man, should we should we hit this?" But uh, probably not not gonna happen. Anyway, get you like that in the chat. We will we'll have one ready for tonight. Hopefully, we'll be able to use it. Um, all right, let's uh, let's do it. Where, 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 let's get a good one today. Let's get a good bit of a longer one. We did the uh, we did the ski one last week. So oh yeah, we don't need 
do we're not going to do that one this week. We've done the dojo recently. What about uh, <laughs> you what's want, like, Marble a... Centaurs? No, that one sucks. We do that one. We, we always wonder every time. Hey, what's Marble Century? <laughs> How many guys do we have? I think we got two forty-four total marbles. Actually, in here. the funnel is a good one. The funnel is oh two forty-four. Wow, this is one of the big. This, this is, is one a of the big biggest one. marble races we've ever had. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, if you're still waiting on a uh, waiting on a hoodie, we will have some in the next week or so. Shout out to our friends at Shipham and Associates for uh, helping us out with those. So uh, hang tight if you've been a winner in the last three, four weeks or whatever. Uh, we'll let you know when in, and I'll try and remember to email everyone back, but you might need to just follow up with us, and uh, we'll make a make a point of getting your right size when they all come in and uh, making it easy for you to come and pick it up. Um, all right, well, let's do this. We got 244. You got the right uh, the right list saved, Dream? Yeah. Hey, what about Marble's Diner? Is that one good? I kind of remember the Marble's Diner. Yeah, it's... Um, that's that good. Bad. It's a nice long one. Yeah. Yeah, let's do yeah. the diner. Sure, sure. I'll hit the diner. Yeah, I can always go for a good di meal at diner, right? You can get anything. Absolutely. There. Absolutely. I'd love to do that after oh. one of the worst things about the pandemic. It's an open diner. I still love cells. I got to close a bunch of tabs. Ah, uh, tabs. Yeah, we're closing tabs. I got way, way to go. too many open. Way too many. There must be like 30 <laughs> tabs. Oh okay, look at this. 244 marbles today. Yeah. Good luck to everyone. We a... we're, we're playing for a WST hoodie that uh, will arrive in the next couple weeks. Once we get all our sizes back in, thanks again to Shipham and uh, Scotty for uh, the help on those. All right, well, listen, folks, without any further ado, big Friday, big weekend. We've we've reinstituted instituted positive vibes only here. Let's take it into the weekend and into tonight's game against the Detroit Red Wings. Hopefully we'll see at the game. But right now, let's drop the marbles and have a little fun to finish off a Friday on Winnipeg Sports Talk. It was like a dark course, and that's okay. Yeah, this is, uh, we have done this one before. I seen, look at Travis Spratt, Dan Milburn, who's going to be at the game cheering. Hope, Dan, I hope you're feeling better after. Uh, so I had a little work done down to one wing, but uh, you can be slapping your uh, your leg with uh, the one good hand. Trevor Red Ranger, iHeart Gaming, Disgruntled Wheat, Cigars for Everyone, Running Man looking pretty good. And, there's everyone circling the Marbles Diner as we get closer to uh, the first transition of this race. Disgruntled Wheat is the leader right now. Looks like Comet is in the rear, but um, still a long, long ways to go. This is a pretty long course for our marble race today on a Friday right now. Looks like we don't have too much movement right now. It's a little slowing down a bit. Here's Trevor Red Ranger. Travis Spratt. What's up, Travis? Shelly Dahlman in a pretty good spot right as, there as well. Cruiser 24 has been in in there before. Phil Simon and Shelly. Very nice move to take the lead. Shelly and Nicole J moving ahead of Travis Spratt. Three marbles 
with a little bit of separation over the rest of the throne. Shelly with a little bit of a stall. Travis Spratt, great, great move. As Shelly and Nicole got held up a little bit. Travis in first place right now with a nice lead as we continue through the Marbles Diner. Let's see where we go now. Our leader coming to the end of that got popped up into the funnel. Oh, and now jump? through. Yeah, this is a cool one. Shelly and Nicole going to get popped into the funnel. The Sharp Weasel as well. But Travis Spratt right now, still the leader right now. Going into, I guess, another bit of a little funnel. There's multiple. Oh, geez. Real deal. Neil. We're getting some eliminations here. People that are not making it in. But Travis is still in first place. But it's close now. Pretty and Pionk. Gianluca Cardola as well. But Travis Spratt's in there. And Travis almost wire to wire. A first ever win. They are going to be celebrating on the streets of Selkirk, Manitoba today. I know Travis was a former Selkirk junior hockey player, longtime supporter of WST, and ended up getting it done in the Marbles Diner. Travis, way to go, dude. Great to have you in there. And um, as I say, send us an email. Let us know what size you are. Winnipeg Sports Talk at gmail.com. And it'll be a week or two before we've got the uh, before we've got the hoodies in there, but you're locked and loaded as a champion, and we'll get our version of the Masters Green Jacket, the WST Blue Hoodie, and we'll have that going forward. Everyone else coming in. There's Gussie getting into the end. iHeart Gaming. iHeart Gaming is always in the mix. Would definitely be one of the top-ranked Marvel players week in and week out. Trevor Red Ranger as well, I believe a former winner. Jerry Baluda, nicely done. Jennifer Berthlet, Property Jen, what's up? And Rob Kane getting in the top 10. Was that good karma with those Jagger shots the other day for the boys? That was uh, was very nice of you, Rob. And I'm sure we'll see you. I'm sure our paths will cross at some point over the weekend as well. Here comes Noai and Timu, Kabilis, John D, Jeff Johnson. And uh, the last couple marbles got fried. Peg City Dan and Randy D. All right, let's go down. I'm interested to see. Did I get thrown over the top rope? I never even saw my marble today. I didn't see yours. I, I saw my shower in there at the start. <laughs> your, your showers had a, had a nice start. Yeah, there's JB in 47. EK Posty. JB. Very active chatter today, JB. Oh, Michael Lay, accountant to the stars. Michael Lay, our pal, 52, nicely done. Bozeman and D.I., that's a husband and wife combo. 53 and 54, nicely done. Winnipeg Ice at 57. Candace Jane, the first lady of, uh, of the Winnipeg digital music scene for sports. Kenny Weeb, what did Weber get? 67th, not too bad. There's yeah, our 67. Dallas Pauls. Velveeta, Jamaican me crazy. Free Oleg in its 74th. Uh, so, okay, I, I top 80. I'm in the top half. That's That'll that'll get the job done, I guess. Frosty hey, yeah, Winnipeg. Yeah, top half is pretty good. Uh, I will take it. I will take it. Frosty Winnipeg. Tyson Ducharme. Big TD from T-Cone. Peyton Wilding. The payable department of our friends at Royal Sports. <laughs> Huachenko, <laughs> former winner recently. We saw Hugh out at uh, Little Brown Jug. Great to see you, my man. There's SK. Mike Wynn, 
Mike, hold it down in 316 for me tonight. I'm lower bowling it this evening, so I won't see you there, but I will have the 316 spirit in the lower bowl, and hopefully we can get some things going. There's the sports rabbis, much better at trivia than at marbles. And, but they did beat the Niners. Niners at 126. Who else do we have here? Rob Pepper's in there. My guy, Gitch Lishka, not one of your better performances, Gitch, 137th. Who else do we have here? Leanne M, Brant Batters. What's up, Brant? Oh, my guy, Max, Winnipeg Jets forever. He's going to be all over WrestleMania this weekend. I know that. Mary Jane, 10 ACD. Gordo, Mr. Leahy. Mr. Lady, Leahy was uh, slow to start having a cocktail, I'm sure. And uh, Gussie, Gussie, again, he, he used up all of his karma on Sunday in the Bassmasters. He finishes 177. Brady O at 173, not bad. Oh, there's my pal Todd for Tanny at 181. Roscoe, oh, geez. Bo big, big win for Bozeman today <laughs> with a nice start. And Ross in 184th. And uh, we've got the rest of the way. Royal, 195, not great. Tristan Rivers Music deserved a better fate with that amazing pre-roll uh, pre song for us, 202nd, Mitch WHT. And we make it down. Jeff Johnson, the final marble across the line. Oh, Kabilis, 216. Not quite, uh, not one of his, not one of your better ones. Blast Brawl's break got uh, over the top roped. Sarah Sans Regret, Kenny Waterbottle, Cruiser. Real Deal Neil, Royal Sports, Cowboy. There's my buddy Cowboy. Cowboy's always rocking the WST hat that he got at Royal Sports. You can still pick those up, folks. When you get down there for your Jays gear, your whiteout gear, take a look at the WST hats. Yeah, speaking of, yeah, whiteout gear, hopefully we can go and pick some up. Oh, and by the way, Daryl Selly, shout out to you for becoming a supporter of Winnipeg Sports Talk. Well, that was a lot of fun. Travis Spratt, our winner on Friday. Epic marble race. 244. I, I I think is that the most we've ever had in a marble race, Ream? It must be, because I can't remember my computer like breaking uh as hard as it did uh for this one. So I'm gonna say, yeah, this must be. I had I don't keep track. There's other people do, but uh, I think this was up there. Yeah, you got it. We're two sixty-two legs. How about we get to three hundred, folks? Before you leave, if you would be so kind. Hit that thumbs up. Hey, for anybody new, make sure to hit that red subscribe button. Come and have fun with us for a couple hours every afternoon from Monday to Friday. Chronicling the ups and downs of all of our local teams. Hitting the big stories in the rest of the sports world as well. But uh, you know Monday's show is going to be all about two things. The Wings and Devils games for the Winnipeg Jets. And of course, how are Winnipeg Ice made out in their first couple games of playoff hockey tonight and tomorrow out at the Ice Cave, and maybe just maybe a little WrestleMania as well. Um, great stuff. Hey, there's our pal Bailey. What's up, Bailey? Um, and yeah, hopefully it'll be a rowdy crowd tonight. Hopefully the team will give uh, fans plenty of reasons to get on board right away. A big first period, get the first goal, all those things that have been missing lately. Need it tonight. Absolutely have to have it. You can all be the decider whether it's a must win or a can't lose. All I know is the Jets need two points tonight, and hopefully they will get it. I'll be there at the rink. If you see me, say hi. And if not, make sure to join the IC guys and Kenny and Rennie afterwards for some great content. 
and we will be here back on Monday to uh, get it all done. Wrapping the weekend, Jets, ice, everything else going on in the world of sports, and starting to count down to definitely the two biggest games of the year, Calgary Wednesday and Nashville on Saturday as the Jets begin this five-game homestand tonight with a much, much needed win. Hopefully we'll see it tonight at the rink. Folks, thanks again for being with us. Thanks to Munzee and Ken Weave for jumping on today. Great stuff with Michael Remus making it happen, as well as the uh, clips from Rick Bonus earlier on. Um, but for Michael, I'm Andrew Patterson. Have a great weekend, everyone. Enjoy the game tonight, and uh, here's to a really excited chat on Monday after a big win for the Jets and the Ice. We'll see you then. Have an awesome weekend. Thanks for being with us. Thanks to the sponsors that make this show happen. Have a good one, and uh, we'll see you Monday. Oh, my God. Shut it down. Let's go Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.